Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can find at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me as always. Eric Beim for week two in the bag. And from what I was listening on the, the or a Sunday morning show with uh, you and Gretch on Roto-Grinders, I have to assume that uh, maybe you didn't even watch the four o'clock games. I shouldn't have. I, I did because you got to, you know, you got to fire in some afternoon lineups after your conviction plays total like two fantasy points uh, in the early games. No, it was a funny, it was kind of a funny slate where um, like normally if we're sitting here on a, a we're, we're recording on Monday morning slash afternoon, depending on your time zone. And like I lost and some of the, you know, the, the specific plays that I ended up on, really didn't didn't do didn't didn't do much but it was almost like still kind of like felt right like got some things right but you were wrong type of type of situation like my real conviction was uh on the broncos basically um and then made a couple of moves on sunday morning um with some of the the the, well mainly the paris campbell uh uh, being in being inactive I, i reacted wrongly to that but um made some moves on sunday morning that like I don't really feel I don't really feel bad about I made a, a a couple of decent swaps that didn't get me there but like kind of like one of those weird Sundays where like I feel like got a lot right made some good decisions but bricked but 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 bricked everything. Well, I I I got most most of everything right. Most of everything right. I mm-hmm. got one major thing wrong. I played I played 150 in the in the slant. And then I played 25 single entry three max lineups. Mm-hmm. So I'm like you who plays like one to three lineups. So I yep. played, you know, the double spy, the spy, three in the power right. sweep. Like I was playing all of that type of stuff. And I played by lineups. I don't hand build. I just go into lineup mm-hmm. HQ and go, okay, I want this type of lineup. You know, I want, I want a Josh Allen lineup. What does that look like? And then I'll go through 50 to 100 of them and go, okay, I like this one. I like that one. I like this one. And then I start yeah. saving lineups. And then I, then I get it down to 25. So instead of me having to click through, uh, I got, I got, I mean, the things that quote I got right were attaching Michael Pittman to Cooper cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have, I was, I didn't have much Cooper cup, but yeah. where I had Cooper cup, I had Michael Pittman with him or like in the slant, I had some Pascal with him. So how do I mitigate this cup ownership? By pairing him with someone from the yep. other side of the game that wasn't going to... No one in the cults was really owned. Uh, then another getting right was playing the Kyler stacks with our, our boy uh, K.J. Osborne. Uh, with Rondell Moore, Kyler Murray, yep. Rondell Moore getting cheap, K.J. Osborne. <laughs> then you're... Then those all, I was playing more of Najee Harris and Carson than anything else because the other thing that I did was in my 25 lineups... I had no Dak and no Herbert stacks. Like uh-huh. not, I was, I was going to who could outscore this game easier. Well, that have pieces that that I could fit together well. Tom Brady, yep, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray, right? So like that that yep. was the pri- the primary way I was building. I was throwing in some Pittsburgh Raiders lineups. I had one Rams stack, you know, Cup Higby Pittman. Pittman of course, Higby mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Uh, yeah. Mixing in running backs like Zeke and Eckler as negative correlation to the to the the passing games of of the Chargers Cowboys. Uh, so, you, like, 
me listing through all of this, you know, playing Noah Fant at tight end, right? Playing, playing, you know, cheap Chase Edmonds and playing, uh, the, obviously, you know, Gronk in Brady stacks, right? Godwin, yep. Gronk, Brady, and uh, Ridley who had 19. So that was, that wasn't that bad or Pitts mm-hmm. in non Gronk. Pitts was, was okay. Would, yeah. Right. You would think like I'm listing stuff like, oh, you're, you know, you, you should, you should have like winning lineups and stuff like that. <laughs> That, you know, the one, the, the one thing, the one thing that I didn't have, zero of 175, Derek, Derek Henry, 50 points. Right? <laughs> that's, that's the one thing. Yes, I had some Wilson, Lockett, Julio Jones lineups, mm-hmm. right? But at the price point of like, I was more with my, with my macro strategy of being either extremely light to, I, in the slant, I still had some Cowboys charger stacks. Because I'm, yep. I'm diversifying, so but I'll have you know I had like five percent, so like not not much. Uh, my 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 goal was to leverage off of that game. So like like if I'm lever, I want as many shots on goal when that game fails as possible. So I was prioritizing all of the high like the the wide receivers in the ranges of Cooper and Lamb and Allen and Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm playing I'm playing DJ Moore. I'm playing I'm like. Pretty much everyone 6K and above, like I'm playing all those wide receivers, which means I'm playing lineups that have constructions that have five and 6K running backs, right? right? $7,300 Eckler is like the highest. So I, I'm not getting much of Kamara. I'm not getting much of, of Dalvin Cook. I'm not getting much of uh, McCaffrey, and I'm not getting much of Henry. And I mean, outside of Henry, those those top end, I mean, Cook had a decent game. Cook wasn't wasn't bad. What did he had? He had nineteen point eight, but I mean, it didn't he didn't pay off for his salary. Right. Uh, same thing was with McCaffrey. Bust. McCaffrey scored like twenty five or something. Right. But and he same got thing. injured they, they or whatever. So I mean, yeah. none yeah. of them put up a score that you needed that a wide receiver couldn't have picked. Uh, yeah. But uh, but Henry was. I mean, yet I profited. I I I made pretty much almost all my money back that I lost in week one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. like I was, I was competing in some of these, like, in, I think in the spy, one of the spies or the second, the 50 K spy, I was like in second and third place. So I'm like, okay, I got a Kyler Murray. I got a Kyler Murray Hopkins Osborne lineup. I got, mm-hmm. you know, I got a Brady Godwin Gronk lineup with Cooper cop with, I mean, I got all that. And then just Derek Henry in the second half, just like that lineup now comes in 12th. Right. Yeah. And then I get a, a power sweep lineup that comes in like 48th. Right. And then I, I, I sweep in cash because obviously in cash I'm play I played Cooper Cup and I played oh, yep. I played the the if the Chargers Cowboys game like went off I mean I would have lost some of the GPP money but I would have made the money I mean dude, mm-hmm. dude I had seven point DAC in my cash lineup on DK and still won eighty seven percent of my head to head so like like so I I had a, I had a good week but it's like that if you don't have the fifty point scoring running back like. <laughs> you, you, you can't, you, you can't win big or anything. Did he, being that he was only 5% owned in most contests, uh, 6% in the spy, 5% in the mega millionaire, 4% in the slant, 7% in the big, in the normal $20 milli. Uh, do you, do you think that I think that based on my macro strategy, like I did the correct thing, but if mm-hmm. your strategy was to fade Najee Harris and Chris Carson and you didn't play Derrick Henry, like I heard on, on your morning show, like 
The contrarian way to build this week was actually the way that if you played the week one style this yep. week, right, by paying up twice at running back and playing no wide receiver six under six uh, over six k, that would be heavily contrarian. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you were more inclined to do that. Do you think it's and of course you only have like three lineups or something. Yeah. But if you were gonna if you if your strategy was to 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 leverage off the running backs and flip the build, there's no reason why you shouldn't have had any Derrick Henry. I agree. I agree. And and that was basically my strategy. Now I went to uh, Kamara and CMC, of course, of of course. But the, again, remove the names. It was the same the same premise. That was basically like my main main team. I played three tournament lineups, and my my main team was was that. I played Teddy Bridgewater, which people will be like, oh, my God, you're a psychopath. But it was this, a cheap Broncos stack. And the I saw, by the way, I back. saw some very sharp players with Bridgewater stacks. Yeah, I, so I played – that was like I, – I, I think I said it at the, top, at the top. The Broncos were like my stand, basically. So across all my teams, I had some form of Broncos. K.J. Hamler was my – was my most important player, and he obviously did did nothing. And I didn't play Cortland Sutton, and that was the difficulty I, w- I was having was figuring out. I feel like my lineups didn't come together perfectly, and so there was basically two things that I ended up kind of taking a stand on. We all know about what the afternoon was going to be, right? We all know about the Cowboys and Chargers game, and even beyond that, we all like the field, especially on DraftKings, has gotten smarter. I was focused on that, the $4,000 mega millionaire or whatever the hell that they call it. So this is all, you know, the best players on the planet. And they're all, they all see this stuff too, right? Late swaps and pivots off of the Cowboys and all this stuff. So I'm thinking through all of these things. And basically, you know, on Sunday, like I had decided the Broncos thing, like maybe on, on Saturday, um, that they were going to kind of, kind of be my stand. And then this Paris Campbell news comes out and I was actually on this this kind of barbell approach at running back to get away from that that 6K tier of, you know, Najee, Carson, um, even like Eckler, Zeke, whatever. I was trying to get down towards the bottom, which originally was like Chase Edmonds um, and Javante Williams were kind of my guys or get up towards the top. Now, on one team, I did go to Jonathan Taylor, but my premise was essentially – use those Colts running backs, right? People were not going to go back to these Colts running backs and they were the perfect kind of uh, what I, I did stack the Rams once or whether you're playing Cooper cup, this Colts kind of correlation. I thought it gave uh, the Paris Campbell thing, gave them a pretty hefty boost. Now, obviously that went to Michael Pittman. It pretty much all went to Michael Pittman and they even played Marlon Mack, which did not happen in week one. So the whole situation didn't go, you know, how I needed it to go. But basically my premise was to use those running back slots to either kind of barbell to get away from that, that chalk to the elites or down to, you know, cheaper, cheaper, kind of more, more punt options, including pass catchers like a Naheem Hines or something like that. And like I said, that, that, that didn't, that didn't work, but it also, I want, I kind of wanted that wide receiver spot for the opportunities to do stuff with the afternoon games, right? If I hit on this Broncos game, I kind of want to have the options to do, uh, like you named all those million afternoon wide receivers, right? And all those secondary correlations. My plan was basically to figure out those secondary correlations, kind of depending upon how my Broncos, uh, you know, and Rams Colts stuff went. I wanted to take a little bit, you know, I know Cooper Cup wasn't, wasn't contrarian or anything like that, but his ownership came in at higher stakes much more reasonable than I kind of thought it was going to at the beginning of the week. I think because we are seeing some of this stuff we've talked about in those contests, people are, are, you know, we're all playing the game theory aspect. You know what I mean? It didn't go down that much, Eric. I mean, in the Millie, 
the main Millie, which we considered to be like the softest contest, he was yeah. 20.33. In the Mega Millie, he was 18.75. In the Spy, 18.16. So, I mean, like, he got some discount, but not, not nearly... Right, but relative to other yeah, but not, yeah, but relative to him being twenty five to thirty percent on right. Yeah, yeah, and relative to like Mike Evans gets steamed up to like thirteen percent, right? Like because everybody sees the Mike Evans thing, and so I'm not trying to say like oh you had to play Cooper Cup, but I was willing to play Cooper Cup, like you said. With, you know, I didn't play him with Pittman, but with Pittman or in a game stack or something like that because I felt a little more comfortable with okay, you know, a people are gonna. People are smart, right? People are, are playing the game theory angle um, on all these chalky guys in these contests that I'm talking about. And people are playing the late swap thing, right? Everybody else that we were playing against was – that was the talk of the week, right? All the best games are in the afternoon. Give yourself opportunities to swap, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of trying to leverage that a little bit. Um, and 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 I actually – like I said, I, I don't – I don't, you know, it didn't work. But I don't, I don't really feel that – I don't really feel that, that bad about it. Um, the Henry thing – yeah, it was it, if I was playing 150 and I was keeping my same approach, I probably would have had like some Henry Lockett or you know Henry Metcalf or something like that that might have that might have worked out. I didn't personally land there, but I think you know there was I think there was a lot of interesting ways to attack to attack this this slate, and I don't think that any of the ones that I that I probably would have chose won, um, but I think that there were a lot of good angles to take. But I mean, you in your three lineups, did you play? Or at least originally intend to play any of the Cowboys Chargers game. I didn't intend. I didn't intend to play, but I, uh, it's funny that I, I actually, I, I, I galaxy brained myself in the afternoon into thinking, okay, all I see all over Twitter is everybody swapping. Oh God, my team suck. I got to swap. I didn't play Cooper Cup. I got to swap. Blah blah blah. So I did play uh, secondary uh, Cowboys Chargers, and it came in a little higher than than I than I than I thought it. But I, it was kind of like I. I I was drawing dead to win to win everything based based on on my teams, and so I did swap on the teams that I thought, you know, really really needed some some extra some extra life, and so it was kind of more like me running an experiment type of ty- type of thing. Like all I saw all afternoon was everybody I knew everybody talked was talking about swapping. I knew everybody was talking about getting off of that game, um, and so I, it was it was almost just kind of like I said an, an experiment for. Um, this very unique, unique situation. And I, 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 you know, now having seen, I forget, Amari came in semi-reasonable. Keenan was pretty wild, wildly popular. And so I played Keenan. That, that that was, I think the, the biggest mistake, but it it was, it was kind of, it was very, I, I was really trying to think, you know, be thoughtful about who I'm playing and all this information that I'm gathering about, about late swap. And so I think I should have, I probably should have swapped, but I kind of wanted to see, you know, it's just kind of a, it was a worthwhile test for me. Right, because you're, you're playing, obviously, in much higher stakes contests, much more observant opponents. And I yeah. play a little bit lower, right? Spy, I mean, still spy, power sweep, those types of contests are still, for most yeah. people, are still higher stakes. Casual people, yeah. They're right, not but I'm not playing the four 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 milli. I'm not playing a $4,000 lineup. And that's what I'm talking about, to be clear. For, right. The, what I was talking about in the $4,000 contest. Yeah. Right. But I didn't find this week, I listened to a lot of content throughout the course of the week. This week reminded us, we, we said it, we said it last week on the podcast of that, that Cowboys, yeah, you know, the Cowboys game that everyone's like, oh, this is obvious chalk. And then it ends up being the third highest owned stack because <laughs> yeah. everyone like, like, well, we got to get, get off the game. I, I did not feel it was this, 
I did not mm-hmm. feel at all. I was list. I and I'll, I also listen to more mainstream podcasts. Uh, the, not just Roto Grinder stuff, not just Awesome stuff, not just stuff like kind of more into our bubble. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I, what I was hearing was not, oh, get off of this game. Like it seemed like the inst- the, the part that we were hearing last year in this very similar scenario, it was slightly different. Number one, last year, like it was that game, and then in a second game, then every other game was under fifty. Like there mm-hmm. was like one, there was one pivot. And then, like all these other games were like forty nines, forty eight, which is still fine. This yeah. week we had we had five games fifty or above. This was the the, the Chargers game was the highest at fifty five, but that Seahawks Titans game, the uh, Vikings Cardinals game, the, mm-hmm. the 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 Buccaneers Falcons game. I mean, a point or two below. So we had multiple other options, and uh, that week last year was uh, uh everyone's going to play this because it's so obvious. We got to find something else. And then the obvious game goes under owned <laughs> mm-hmm. in this, even with more options, I was hearing more of this. This is the game of the century jam it in. It, if anything, I heard more people talking about overstacking. Like, how do you play this game different? Like, okay, you still got to play this game, but it's going to be Prescott, uh, Cooper Schultz or Jarwin, or you yeah. play, you play uh, Zeke in a passing, you know, you still play Dak with Zeke, <laughs> or you play uh, Eckler with Herbert, and then you get off Keenan Allen by playing Jalen Guyton, I was hearing, <laughs> right? Like, Cedric Wilson is Noah Brown. Like, everyone was trying to find weird ways to play this game, and I'm looking at four other games that have 50-plus totals going, like, dude, the Buccaneers have a 32-point implied total. And they they throw the ball in the end zone. Like J- Josh Allen has a twenty six point total, and they ne- they almost never run the ball until yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> until, until Zach Moss has two touchdowns, right? And Singletary has a touchdown. Damn yeah. right, exactly. But uh, <laughs> and then you have Kyler Murray. Who come on? I mean, it's Kyler Murray. Like what? Uh, I mean, I take I take a look at this and go, we we have so many more options that even if that game goes off. You may still not even need. I mean, like, like to mm-hmm. me, it was, it was, it was lose, lose to play of like, yeah. if I, because st- people were trying to find ways, how do I stack that game and still be different enough? And you could do that. Mm-hmm. And I talked on, on the Monday uh, pregame show with James McCool. And I said, it felt simple to me in my 25 build. Now, when I played the 150 slant, I still had, I had 5% of each of Herbert and Dak. I can make lineups like that, but it's only going to yep. encompass 15 of my lineups. And I'll find the ones that have the Michael Pittman with Cooper Cup, you know, like the 1% yep. this, KJ Osborne, you know, like those types of guys. <laughs> uh, AJ Green, right? I played a, too, way too much of him. Of he's still he got did. there. He's got a touch. Yeah, he's he scored, yeah. Right? Adam Troutman in a bunch of my lineups with a zero, mm-hmm. you know, just a punk at tight end. Uh, so... I thought it was just easy in the 25 build to just say like the, the, the Chargers Cowboys game is over Just X them out. Mm-hmm. Right. Just build, build my lineups as, as if that game doesn't exist other than the running backs. Right. Other than Eckler and Elliot. Yep. And then just, and I saw I, I'm, I'm, I, I built uh, the, I built 50 lineups with the Chargers Cowboys game stack. So like a three plus one. The projection difference between that and like Josh Allen stacks and Kyler Murray stacks and Tom Brady stacks were like three points. Yep. Where I mean, so once I saw that, I'm like, I have I have no issue in my 25 build 
to just just X out Herbert, X out Prescott, see what comes up. Maybe I'll end up with some Allen, Lamb secondaries. Maybe, may I mean just, mm-hmm. but just once I X out the quarterbacks, obviously I can't get them in stacks. I can only get them in secondaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, once I once I once I X them out and ran fifty lineups, I got I got zero. I got some. I got like an Eckler Lamb one, and I got like a Zeke Cook one. Like, like basically, once I, I'm I'm filling up my lineups. Obviously, Josh Allen with like Steph Diggs, so that takes me off right. of the all of the receiver. I mean, it it locks up salary, and then I'm playing, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm playing Chris Godwin. I'm playing other guys, so I'm not getting any lineups that have this Cowboys Chargers game. And when I saw that, it was like a three point difference in projection and like two thirds of the ownership. I'm like, why I. I'm not even going to overthink this. I'm just going to like, okay, I'm just not, I'm mm-hmm. I'm in my 25 build in my 150 build. Sure. I, I'll of some, but to me that, that, that was easier than what doing the opposite of like Najee Harris and Chris yeah. Carson with a chalk, two chalk running backs, but they're chalk at 6,000. I'm not a big fan of running back variants, right? Cause I, I want to play different running backs, but like there's, there was no need to do both. Correct. Like, to me, there was no need to X out the, the Chargers game and then X out Harris and Carson. Because when I did that and I ran 50 lineups, the, these lineups were like eight points behind. I mean, like, they the, the, the combinations of running backs, yeah, I would get more. I got more Henderson. I got more Damian Harris in those types of lineups, which was fine. And I did play those types of lineups. But once you X out both of them, you're, you're like giving up like two points per player. In all of these lineups, and mm-hmm. I saw the ownership difference because Najee Harris in the slant, for instance, came in at twenty five percent, and Carson came in at twenty four percent. I I thought that that was around their efficient ownership. Yeah, like I didn't. Th- it wasn't Najee Harris. My gauge was: Is Najee Harris going to be thirty two percent owned? Is Carson? I didn't. I thought I wasn't worried about Carson. People don't like playing him in the middle. He was fifteen percent owned. Uh, and, and, and he got lucky to get there. Both, both yeah. those guys got lucky to get there. <laughs> yes, they right? did. Carson got 13 carries, but two touchdowns. And Najee Harris got there in basically a, 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 a flat pass. And that's about, but he was on the field for every snap, except for one. When Benny Snell came in, you almost have a heart attack going, uh-oh, <laughs> right? Uh, oh no, not a hundred, not, not, a, not 99%. No, I snaps. thought I was concerned. Maybe it was 50%. Maybe uh-huh. they're, they're going to yeah. split roles. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I just, I just thought that that the running back ownership this week was, I think, quite. A, I mean, for for mostly efficient. So to me, the running back position wasn't the main factor of any of my lineups. It was like mm-hmm. I think the running backs are all about efficiently owned. So whatever shows up in my lineup shows up, and if it, it happens to be Harris Carson, well, it just means that my stack is going to be different. Like if I if my ownership sum is like under a hundred. And I'm already playing two 25% on guys. It's like, that's that's a lineup that has Michael Pittman in it. That's a lineup that has KJ Osborne yeah. or Rondell Moore. I mean, so now I just don't have to even think about this stuff anymore. It's like, like good. But obviously that takes me out of, of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing, I'm exclusively playing four wide receiver lineups. I'm exclusively yeah. playing a wide receiver flex. So like my process, I think from... Uh, a simplicity standpoint on top of a strategic standpoint was one of the two macro directions to go, 
right? You did one macro direction. I did one macro direction. I think mm-hmm. they both were sound, but based on, on that, there was, there was, they, I think there was more way for you to get the winning lineup than for me, even though you lost, like I won yeah. and I made money right. <laughs> yet, right. yet with my macro strategy, it's all it, based on the results. I had no shot at first place. Yet with your macro strategy, you actually had a shot. If you let's say you instead of doing that, you played Henry, Rondell Moore, KJ Osborne, Kyler Murray. Like you, you ended up with the the flipped up build, two cheap wide receivers. Like your macro strategy could have ended up on on a nut lineup. Yeah, but if if you missed Henry. Your macro strategy ends up coming in almost last place. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, like it, if you don't it, hit on the on the cheap guy <laughs> and the expensive running back, if you don't get that exact one v one, Henry plus one of the cheap guys that went off for twenty, like you're 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 pretty much dead, right? You play come you play Kamara, and and you play Kamara and Terrence Marshall instead, and your your lineup is like. You're, your lineup is literally like down almost by the end, but my lineups are more likely to be in my macro strategy based on the results. Obviously if Henry only puts up 20 points, then my strategy works out way more than your strategy did. Just so happened that we have a 50 point running back that, that I was unlikely to ever get to while you could have possibly gotten to more of. Right. And, and like I said, it's obviously clearly dependent upon the fact that, Derrick Henry just scored just scored fifty points. Right, like but I just want I just want to highlight Eric. I, I'm just bringing it up because I, I do this in like MMA or an NFL showdown. Like an NFL showdown, if a lineup that's tied seven hundred ways wins first place, I'm fine. I'm fine losing that slate because it's like there's there's no way I get to that lineup. Like there's yeah. like there's, there's no chance of me getting there. And MMA to the chalk hit this past weekend, the sixteen way tie for first. I look at that lineup and go go. There's nothing in my process that would have gotten me there. So like, there's no need need to fret. It's those times where I could have gotten to that lineup if I just had you know a two v two. Like I had everyone in my pool. Everyone this like I just didn't have that that exact lineup. Like I'm not I'm not concerned. Like like yeah, Henry Henry won people tons of money in the GPPs, and I and I look at this going no matter if I won or lost, like just I'm, I'm never gonna I'm just if I played this slate out a hundred times I just never get there. Just like I I'll yeah. go on. T- to the next slate and and play my macro strategies and 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 so be it. So it's it's not it's not just it's not just well a lot of people, Eric, will replay the slate, go, how could I have gotten there? And it's like, <laughs> no, I go like I I knew what, what my decision, I I I'm sound my decisions. I don't regret what I did macro wise. And I just couldn't I I wouldn't have oh I should have now should I've added Henry and like like no, my my it that changes fit what I was I was attempting exactly. to do. Exactly, it cha- it changes everything. So I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read my main lineup to you, which people are gonna laugh. Like how how is this the lineup? Well, first of all, I did I did I did I did uh, figure out some swaps because I had four spots left for the afternoon. So anyway, I was playing Teddy Bridgewater on my main team. Okay, so who right? was the and four it, in the one p.m. games in the, in the lineup? Bridgewater, McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, KJ Hamler, and James O'Shaughnessy. So we went. I punted tight end with the Jaguars tight end as my bring back, James O'Shaughnessy for twenty seven hundred. He caught a twenty four yard pass on the second play of the game and got hurt and never came and never came back in the game. Like I, I think I tweeted like I'm like trying to troll troll some people and a, a, a buddy of mine had been talking up O'Shaughnessy like from more like season long type stuff. 
Um, I'm all week, you know, whatever. And like, he just happened to fit what I was doing. I don't actually like James, James O'Shaughnessy, but I wanted, I wanted, like we, obviously we went through kind of my, my macro approach to the slate McCaffrey and Kamara. I actually kind of liked the correlation between, between those two guys, given their, their receiving roles. And I'm almost surprised, like, I mean, the Saints got dusted so bad that it that it didn't work for Kamara, but it almost kind of like game script wise worked. So anyway, a Teddy Bridgewater to KJ Hamler stack with a with a freaking James O'Shaughnessy bring back and the double stud running backs. And so then I have everything available to me via in the afternoon, which fit exactly what you were saying. I had a punt, basically a spot for a punt wide receiver which ended up, uh, we'll get to in a second, a punt wide receiver. And I had my defense, you know, to keep my my flexibility with a, a defense to move some things around if I needed more money or whatever. And then two wide receivers that could be mid to upper tier wide receivers, or or it could be a running back if I wanted it to be, but it, it wasn't going to be a running back. So what I landed on for those final spots was Tyler Lockett and Julio Jones as my, my kind of secondary there. And then Josh Palmer, as my my punt wide receiver solely because a I needed the savings and he was kind of the the one like tiny low owned piece uh, in that game you know I, I wasn't gonna play Cedric Wilson given where I was at in the in the standings with what did Hamler got one point five and O'Shaughnessy got three and Kamara got seven so I don't think I can be playing thirty percent on Cedric Wilson on this team um, and then I, I had the, the Cardinals defense just kind of just kind of fit in in there and they were a little higher than 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 I had hoped but. Anyway, that was kind of, you know, like, so that was like my approach. Like, as I read off that team, you can see I had this cheap stack, this cheap, super, super low owned stack with the expensive uh, running backs. And then kind of depending on how that went was how my other spots were going to be, were going to be filled out. I landed on, you know, Lockett and Julio went well, almost went really well. Um, and Palmer was useless, but like that was, but that was my plan of attack. I, you know, it maybe if Teddy and Teddy was really good, it's just, it all went to Cortland Sutton. Maybe if I play Cortland Sutton and something changes, um, you know, we'd be having a different conversation today around, maybe I, I land on something or to your point, if I had cho- if I had went the Henry route, right. Cause I was going with the elite running backs. If I went Henry and uh, Dalvin or something instead of, of the, of those two even guys, even if you went McCaffrey and Dalvin, I mean, even then yeah. Kamara's score killed you. It brutal. Yeah. I mean, seven. What do you do? What do you do when you pay nine K for a guy that scores seven points? Right. But I mean, but you're you you went with in with the late swap strategy and I went in with I knew that my bills lineups like the two main games from the from the 1 p.m. window that I was playing were, were the bills uh-huh. and the Steelers Raiders game. Mm-hmm. And I had Ben. I also had Carr. I had both sides. Uh, Deontay Johnson, and I mean, I had all yep. combination of all of all the, of all of them, knowing that in those lineups, if they get there, if Josh Allen plus Sanders plus uh, Waddle plus Diggs gets there, well, now my flex spot is Ceedee Lamb or Mari Cooper or Keenan Allen. <laughs> yep. Right. I know in my in my Carr, Waller, Renfro, Deontay Johnson lineups. Right, I know my I I got uh, you know Cooper Williams. I mean, I could basically I could put any secondary correlation in there because mm-hmm. I also got I got uh, Carson in those lineups that I could always pivot a, to another guy. Right, I got I got I got so much flexibility there, but I got to see if they get there. Now, obviously, yeah. the Allen stacks didn't get there. Right, I mean, they did fine, but not to yeah. win a GPP. Uh, right. Same, same for car, same for bet. Like none of them got there. So like my lineups that didn't have, uh, I'm just, I stayed, I stood pat. Like I was playing a little of the, I was playing less of that game than anything else. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. just uh, 
now that I, I hope the truck game fails more so these can cash at least. Because I'm probably yep. I'm not gonna win with a, a six point six point eight out of Beasley and and twelve out of Diggs and and sixteen out of Allen. I mean, like I know that's not gonna win. Uh, but I I didn't need the late I I didn't need the late swap in most of my lineups because I mean everything kind of went. I was playing most of the 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 other games from the four p.m. window anyway. Mm-hmm. So why am I like nothing got there in the in the one p.m. slate? I mean, no. other than other than the Broncos. Bron- yeah, the like, Bron- Broncos as a as a as a team, as a te- uh, you know, team got their fan, fan caught a touchdown right, right. Um, and Sutton was really good, and then Teddy was pretty good, but there was no bringbacks again. Like the the Jaguars were pretty, no Marvin, I guess jo- Marvin you could have Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones. yeah right? Marvin Jones yeah right so yeah, I mean um, but that's the only thing that really got there and Cup yeah. right and C- Cup Pittman but I'm saying but I, but I don't think like a Stafford like maybe no. maybe that's doable. I'm talking yeah. about not a team. Like, yeah, if you tell me the Bills score 35 points, I'm playing. I'm playing Allen stacks all day. So don't. I mean, it just so happens that that's three rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And then the and and and, and Dawson Knox uh, has has one of them passing touchdowns. So like, I, I don't regret that or anything. But mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the the like, I was. I, I mean, it, it saved less work. It was less work for me. I didn't. I didn't need to late swap on anything. Because I I was planning on the scenario that it was anyway, like if if the Steelers game and the Bills game those stacks got there, then then I'd be spending three thirty to four o'clock, you know, swapping stuff around and trying to get chalk into those lineups. But I started from that approach. I think a lot of people, uh, went with the the opposite approach. Like like I started from I'm, it's easy for me to just fade this game and then add it back. Mm-hmm. If needed, correct. Yet most people did the late swap thing of like, well, I'm going to play a ton of this game with small pieces around it, and if my pieces get there, leave alone. If my pieces don't get there, swap. But to me, that yep. leads to doing even more. I I'd rather just I'd rather come. I'd rather have a Cooper uh, Cup Pittman Sutton lineup that originally was a Brady stack, and then go okay, I'm turning this into a Herbert stack, right? Like I. I'd, to me, I'd rather I think from a from a logistical standpoint, but that also comes from I'm I'm able to do that with the macro strategy since I was already like way under and fading that even in my mm-hmm. 25 set I faded that game completely, but I had like half my lineups were were Kyler and Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, yeah. so it's like okay I could go through and and make them Cowboys Chargers stacks. I think so, so much of the focus was on the the the, the other regard of like right that it, it seemed like most like you were trying to outsmart the people that like i gotta get <laughs> cowboy chargers out of my lineup yeah and me it's like i just the, set the myself meme, up right? to be the in meme, that position yeah. to just add them if needed and 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 i even took it a step further where i wanted to gather even more information because i could not possibly agree more with what you said from everything that i was listening to again these types of people that that, that I was playing against were doing the, I want to gather a little bit of information, right? I'm going to play somebody that's low or, or they might've even played somebody that was, maybe they played Cooper cup early, but they're just gathering that tiny little, right. They played one or two guys early or they're, you know, they definitely weren't stacking one of the early games, right? They weren't, they were just, how do I get a little bit of information and then let me decide my swaps, right? If I played Jonathan Taylor and he sucked, like he did, you know, okay, now I can't play the Cowboys. But if I played Cooper cup, and Michael Pittman, now I can play the Cowboys. And it was 
that was all the, the like that was everything that I heard all week. So I even then kind of took it a step further, like you talked about with your Steelers, you know, Steelers lineups, Bills, Bills lineups. I was like, well, I'm gonna stack one. I'm gonna stack a, an early game or two, and that's really the information that I'm gathering because I still have all these spots available for these secondary correlations. You can basically still stack two games at once, right? If I wanted to play, if when I played Teddy Bridgewater, if I still wanted to stack the Cowboys game, I can do that without their quarterback, right? I could play Cedric Wilson, Ceedee Lamb, and Keenan Allen, no problem. Like that, I I, I could have done that if I wanted to. Like I literally could have done that. Um, and so, you know, but I, but I wanted to gather even more information than my opponents were gathering, basically. Now, again, I gathered information that was, oh, shit, you're screwed here. You're going to you're going to lose. But that was but I now I have that information. Some of my opponents didn't even have any of that. Like you think you have some information. But when everybody is doing the same thing, figuring out how to attack that Cowboys game in the afternoon. That's why, like I said, on one team, I went with them. You know, I think that that was probably a mistake and probably a low probability bet that they were going to come in lower than I expected. But I was willing to take that shot because I think it was a real, just a really interesting, you know, specific use case where now we're even getting the sharper people who are all like, like, OK, I am trying to gather this information or I am trying to set up for a late swap. And so I was like, well, I'm going to stack this Broncos game. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to stack this Broncos game. If it goes off at these cheap prices now, like I have so, so, so much more information than my opponents do who are all because all my opponents were planning for the afternoon. You know what I mean? It wasn't like one thing like late swap. I agree. I'm trying to gather information and then make the best decisions based on the new information that I have. This was like, I'm, we talk about the game theory and like the levels to these tournaments. I was like trying to le level the late swap thing. You know what I yeah, mean? But do you um, really think that, that do you really think even in the higher stakes, do you think you overestimate that? A little, because I, cause a, I look, a, a I little. look through some of the some of the the mega millionaire stuff, and I mean, I'm not going to call people out or anything, but I mean, <laughs> there are some lineups towards the bottom, and I'm like, why why does this lineup still have a Cowboys Chargers stack? And like, I mean, I I go through and I go, why 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 was this not late? That this is, I mean, you take a look and you see you see uh, uh, you know four points out of a running back slot and two points out of a wide receiver slot, and you go. Why is this a Herbert Herbert Allen Williams Cooper lineup? Still, yeah. by, by the time it gets into results DB and and I think I think in comparison to the lower stakes, in comparison to the large field GPPs, you're absolutely right. You know that the the, the difference, mm -hmm. but that that like so few one percent of people late swap, and yeah. in the higher stakes, that's dramatically more, but. Not every, not everyone. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing for cash games with me. Pe people DM me or message me or whatever once in a while and say, uh, you talk about late swapping and head to heads. If you're behind, uh, we were, I happened to be matched up with you in a $5 head to head and you, you, we both had the same guy here and you didn't swap. It's like, yeah, because I'm playing 300 head to heads and I'm not getting to my $5 ones. I've accepted that as a part of, of the mm -hmm. time efficiency that I'm going to be negative EV and a lot of those things in the five dollar range, in the in the in my two fifteens, my one oh nines, my fifty dollar ones. Yes, I go through those, right? Mm -hmm. I'll go through those. So, to me, I view kind of you know we have a lot a lot a lot of rich people that are good. That the forty four forty four entry is just four thousand of three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars that they're they're putting into play, and uh, they may not get around to it. We see that on secondary sites. There are a lot of times that. 
You know, someone oh, yeah. points out that some sharp player has a dummy lineup in 150 of their, their, their Yahoo lineups. It's like they just, they didn't get to it. Or they had an error or, you know, so they're playing on four different platforms and they're playing, you know, $700,000 of volume. Like they're not going to, they, they intellectually, they'll be like, well, we should be swapping here and swapping there, but they may not get to everything. So like, the, do, 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 you, do you take it, a little, like you tried to galaxy brain that. And I was like, I, I even think in the higher stakes, like there, there wasn't even a worth of, oh, everyone's swapping off a of Keenan Allen. He's going to show up at 8% ownership. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't think that I was I didn't think happen. that. No, I definitely didn't think that. But I, I think what was unique about this slate is like how you touched on all the, the other afternoon games. Like I'm looking through the ownership in that contest right now. And it's not like they got crazy, crazy bumps. But like the bucket, all the Buccaneers wide receivers are, you know, in the top X wide receiver ownerships. Stefan Diggs is actually quite a bit higher than I than I thought he was was going to be too. DK Metcalf. Chase, is, no, Chase is, Edmonds in, got a huge bump because people were she, swapping off of Carson. I know that one and, and and that one killed me because I had Chase Edmonds and I was backed into it basically on 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 one team. But point point being people not it wasn't even just the swap thing. I think if it were a slate, like you talked about the Cowboys slate, uh, you know, from last year, again, it, it wasn't the perfect uh, dynamic for this. But if we were heading into a slate where like that was the only game, like say there were three games in the afternoon and one of them was, you know, Giants, Redskins and the Giants football team. And the other one was, uh, you know, Patriots, Dolphins. And then it was the Cowboys team. I think we'd be having a very different conversation. But if it like this week, it was like, well, do you want to swap off CeeDee Lamb? There's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and and Calvin Ridley and AJ Brown and Julio. There were all of these options. And so um I'm 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 just trying to to kind of I would rather err on the side of of honestly like being a little bit too contrarian or too and I was I don't think I even think I was too contrarian but you were too being, contrarian like, by playing the chalk I mean that's what you're yeah. saying <laughs> no not in that no 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 sorry not in that specific example of staying on them but I'm trying to in general the idea of like mega galaxy braining um like late swap or like my idea of gathering even more information so that I can figure out late swap later as opposed to just using late swap um I think like I'm totally fine, like airing on on that side on that side of things, as opposed to um, just saying, oh, I'm just I'm you know I'm just going to use late swap or I'm just going to fade the chalk or whatever. Um, I think that there's that that it's it's real that that slate in particular was like pretty crazy to me in terms of just the different variables that we had and with with that one game, but also with all the pivots that existed on the afternoon. And so I think, like I said, I said that earlier. I think I think it was ultimately a mistake. And the one team that I I went to the Cowboys and and Chargers guys, but it's like I kind of like I, I'm kind of happy that I did it in a weird in a weird way, you know. I'm kind of happy with the fact that with the teams that I played, um, and even though they worked out terribly, like just kind of seeing the 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 path that it gave me. You talked about it earlier, the path that it gave me uh, to first place and the path that it gave me to the appropriate swaps, um, even if I didn't execute them perfectly. Like I'm I'm kind of happy. Like I feel better. On a, on a Monday morning after bricking tournament teams, I feel better than I probably normally would um, just because of of moving forward, how I feel like in, in some of these contests, how things will play out. And this one specifically was pretty different. Uh, it was like 800 and something people. So like next week, 
the the high stakes contest is like 200 people or 250 people, um, which is more a little bit more normal. And that's when we'll really get some polarizing ownership uh, is when you get down to that small of a field size, um, which is really actually where I prefer to focus on on that field size. So anyway, long long winded way of saying um, I, I I think I'm I'm trying I'm just trying to to kind of be really thoughtful about this what my opponents are are doing even if i'm like maybe making mistakes in my exact implementation of it i'm 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 focusing pretty pretty heavily on that and i actually feel uh fairly good like i said as weird as it sounds after losing a bunch of money <laughs> right i mean you 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 focus i mean we talk about even stakes but you 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 prefer you're very similar to michael leone you like those 200 person fields yeah right? i always my- look at that game changer and i go I'd rather just have three power sweep lineups. Like I, I'd rather have mm-hmm. like I, I thrive. I like obviously I, you, you come from small fields. I come from large fields. Yeah. I prefer the, the thousand, right? The thousand, the five, even five thousand, like that range, eight hundred. You said like something where it's like okay, I, I, I could still play a lineup that, that is that would even make sense for the slant. In the in this in this type of contest, but know that the that the ownership is going to be slightly more condensed, but not heavily condensed like it is in the in a two hundred man or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I build my lineups that way. It just it's more I I think that my strengths are in those, and I'd rather give myself more bullets in those. Yeah. Like last year, I I would I wouldn't play three entries in the power sweep. I just play one, right? Because I was playing a lot more large field stuff, so I was playing slant and all the, the the play action and anything that was like hundred thousand eighty thousand people or above so I was de- devoting so much of my volume to that that it's like how much so I'll play eight single entry three max teams right something and then then hand build yep. those six of them or something you know one in the spy two they're two spies right there's two power sweeps right do one to be <laughs> now I'm just like three three in both power sweeps three you know spot anything yeah. you know the red zone the $50 red zone okay mm-hmm. there's the $75 whatever the hell it's called there's the the $33 <laughs> 5 max okay play five lineups into that because the the largest field size is like 5000 or something and then i know i know which lineup you know i know which ones are smaller field sizes and then i could just build no i could just i could kind of build normally i don't i'm not thinking about oh cuz in those contests i'm probably not overstacking there's, yeah. they're, they're still big enough that I'd still rather have one-off pieces, but they're small enough that I'm going to play game stacks. So it's not like the large field where, you know, I played in the slant some lineups that had no runbacks, right? Because you have to get mm-hmm. perfect. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to build, I'm going to build some Kyler Murray lineups that don't have any Vikings. I'm going to build some Tom Brady lineups that have no Ridley or Pitts. And just that the Brady just puts up, it's 38 to seven and you don't want anyone on the Falcons, right? I'm building mm-hmm. some of those lineups. But in the in the in the small field, yeah, no, I have Ridley there. I mean, like, like I don't have to be perfect, but to beat sixty eight thousand people, I got I, <laughs> I can't be sitting there with with. I mean, a Ridley ten point game, like, like I could still I could still win the spy possibly with that, if you know Brady Brady Godwin Gronkowski goes for like you know 40, 40, 35, and thirty two, and they're you know Gronkowski's six percent owned in the spy, even though he's twice his owned in the in the milli. Right, because it seemed it seemed like it was a weird. Seemed like this week. What what was the talk of this week? And we we mentioned it last week. Over the overreaction. What are people yep. going to overreact to? It's a one game sample size, right? So we see Najee Harris. 
We see, you know, we see uh, the 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 pass the, the passing raid of the Cowboys. You have a tweet. Yeah. You had a tweet earlier this morning, right? And you 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 make outside of the actual examples, the main point, the last the last thing that you said. Let me let me let me let me bring it up. I don't even remember what I said. I tweet so much nonsense. Right. Well, I yeah, mix in some most serious of it is trolling ones. other people, right? Some serious ones in between the bullshit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, so here he said, we frequently get very attached to both small samples and the most recent games in NFL because it's a game of small samples with such a short season. On the flip side, sometimes we ignore outliers in small samples if they don't confirm our priors. Then you give some examples, but the point at the end is we have... We want to have all the answers and feel confident in everything. So once we get some data, we easily become overconfident in what will happen. Or... We pick and choose when to ignore new data and stick to priors. And every week we find out we know much less than we thought. So the the point that you're making is is not we you should not trust any of week one data right. or trust none of week one data. But all the points throughout the week, like remember remember last week, I brought up what is the field going to do with KJ Osborne, and you're <laughs> like, so what good, the yeah. fuck is anyone going to go to Really? And I'm like, yeah, he had like eight targets and seven catches and something. Like, is he the is he the wide receiver three? Is 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 this target share for Jefferson and Thielen like going down? Yeah, he's still going to be the th- the fourth option because Cook's there. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe maybe that's a thing, right? Right? Rondell Moore. Yeah, he got there. He got the tar. He he got he got there, but he had barely any. He was barely on the field, and then he gets a little bit more on the field, but now he gets targeted even more. Like. Like yes. which the thing is, which of those people were picking and choosing? It's like, oh, we go by week one, Najee Harris smash, right? But you go, how will have a KJ Osborne? Like, who the fuck is KJ Osborne? Right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. you, who, Rondell Moore, right? You you do that. Or like, mm-hmm. look, Michael Pittman in week one was actually like twelve percent owned. He was forty one hundred in week one. People play people played him. I did. And Carson went through to running backs like more of the time. And then Pascal gets two touchdowns and then never mind that I was playing him even with the Paris, if Harris Campbell was in and mm-hmm. I'm just going people like people are playing Cooper cup. People are playing Daryl Henderson and no one's playing the Colts and Michael Pittman like barely went up in price at all. We were fine playing Pittman the week before and the Rams passed the ball. This game is actually going to be faster paced than it was last week. Like, why aren't I playing Michael Pittman? And I thought Michael Pittman, I had Michael Pittman at like 5% owned. And he ended up 1.74% like owned. One, yeah. And I go, <laughs> what, why? You didn't, because you didn't hear that. All you heard was, oh, Carson Wentz throwing a running back some more. Jonathan Taylor, this, and uh, and now, now he's a much, like, dude, we have a one-week sample size. Why can't I go to their wide receiver one? Which, I mean, their wide receiver mm-hmm. crew is not all that great, Right. <laughs> Right? I mean, like, how come you're fine going with short one-week sample sizes for certain people but not other people? I think that's that's the main point. Yes. And the point that I was making last week was I'm going to go the opposite direction of everyone else. Just what, whatever the – if 50% of people are thinking this and 50% of people – 50% of people are like, week one, we got to use. For these examples, these five examples. Week one, for these five examples, we don't use. Like, I'm just going to play the op- – I'm just going to – whatever the opposite thing is – like that, I I don't know. Hey, it could have been the 
well, why isn't everyone playing Michael Pittman? And he ends up being 14% owned and I would have been under. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not about the thing. It's about the, like, like you, you can't, it's very similar to, uh, in the RG discord where someone will say, uh, uh, so-and-so, especially the Cardi in the blitz discord, <laughs> you're, uh, after a slate, the projection for so-and-so is bad. <laughs> and I go, what, what, what do you consider? What, did you have a player that you thought that you had that Cardi had a good projection on? He goes, yeah, he had a good projection on this, this, and this. It's like, well, it's the same fucking model, right? <laughs> so like, if, if you think the projection is bad on there, then you have to question his entire methodology of how you get the projections to begin with. So you can't have a right. It's either all wrong or all right. And you get a range of outcomes. And then a lot of times they're complaining about, oh, they had a, a projection of 16 and they only scored nine. It's like, what? What the floor is 7.74. So basically... Between the 25th and the 70th, 50% of the time, it'll be between these two numbers. It came in between those two numbers. Like that, that's what a projection, that's what it is, right? But you can't, yep. but you can't pick and choose and say, great projection on this guy, horrible projection on that guy, unless, unless it had to do with the target share, unless it had to do, I mean, there are mm-hmm. inputs there, but you can't, yeah. you can't just, you can't just dismiss like, you. oh, well, all the players that I played that did well, good projection. <laughs> All the players right. that I didn't write, obviously, like Derek uh, Derek Henry's projection was horrible, right? I mean, like obviously, horrible, everyone yeah. projected him horribly because he scored fifty points, and that was well outside his the one standard deviation range of outcomes. He also caught a bunch of passes. He also caught a bunch of passes. So even like the inputs were probably not very accurate because I mean, nobody nobody saw. You know, so Derek saw Derek this? Derek Henry, are is is that is that what's going to happen next week? God, I hope not. Is, there, so is Derrick Henry is, so is the conversation going to be? Does is he going to get four targets on yeah. average out of the backfield? It, it 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 might be, but you're. I mean, you, you couldn't have possibly nailed it any better. And that's what I've been trying to say for like two weeks. And it's brutal on on Twitter or even on shows because you have to use examples. Like I can't just say you don't know anything because people are like, well, that's not true. And I'm like, well, it, it, it kind of is, is, but then, but it really <laughs> is. But then you use I use all these examples, right? And I say. Like I, I did another one with like Joe Mixon. They were like, after week one, everybody's victory lapping Joe Mixon. And then after week two, everybody's like, oh, fuck, Joe Mixon sucked. You know, he got one target and he scored seven fantasy points or whatever. And you're like, well, yeah, that's because, you know, week to week, things things change. We don't really know that much. I know you and you were right about Mixon's role and you're still wrong about his fan. There's so much that we we entirely pick and choose. But everybody, when they see the specific examples, they're like, well, no, you're wrong about this guy. I'm like, it's not – that's actually kind of the point is that I'm not trying to be right or wrong about anyone. I'm just trying to assess where – like you said, why why is it that we were on Cedric Wilson and not on K.J. Osborne? You know what I mean? Like I, there, there really is no no actual reason why were other we on than Pitt? Paris Campbell gets inactive. What, what, everyone went to Raheem Mostert. When Sermon yeah. was inactive, we take Paris Campbell out of this. We, I mean, like, and then not, not, uh, we, we're going to ignore that. Let everyone overreacted. Was- Gallman was inactive again, right? Uh, and then Mike, people, I mean, no one played them, but like Cordell Patterson is coming out and he's crushing, crushing. And it's like, all. Our, and then, then you ask someone, like, if you ask someone this week, uh, uh, Falcons versus the Giants, and you go, do you play Cordell Patterson? I guarantee you 95% of people would say, no, he was just lucky last week. Yet, mm-hmm. yet if you say, do you play KJ Osborne? 
And they go, well, he's obviously wide receiver three with a 20% target, like on two week sample size. Yeah. Like had like, one, one or the other. It's like, you have this previous bias of like, what is it or what is it not? Oh no, Rondell Moore, it's unsustainable, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. But how come you, you could throw out Cordell Patterson, but you can't throw out Rondell Moore? How come you yeah. how come you could Henry, there'll be plenty of people this week will be like, that these are outliers, him getting these targets. He's not getting these targets anymore. Or it could be he's getting targets now. He should be 10-5, right? And and mm-hmm. it but it, your point is it's not about being right or wrong. It's about assessing the probability versus the marketplace. Yeah. And doing what whatever would be. And ar- essentially you're arbitraging public opinion. Yeah. Is the exa- public, is exactly. the public opinion, the ownership relative to what the probability is? I mean, this is all of DFS. Yeah. So when you get into arguments on Twitter of, are you right? Are you wrong? That that's, that's what you mean of it's the same thing in sports betting, right? Which side of a game are you on? I'm like, whichever side of the game has the most value based on the the, the spread <laughs> and the, and the, and the number. I mean, like, I don't have, I don't know. I don't care who wins this game. I just care about getting a good number. Right, you tell me that I'm gonna get uh, you're gonna shave off two points for the favorite and not and charge me the same amount. I'm I'm taking the favorite. There you go. I mean, yep. but do you really think their team is gonna win? I don't even know what the team is. Right, I'm <laughs> like I cannot even watch the sport and do this. Right, you could you could win at sports betting without knowing without watching anything. Just by as long as you beat closing lines on you know a very consistent basis, you're probably gonna make money to some extent. That's kind yep. of what we what we're doing with. With these with these quote takes, we're fi- we're finding like the closing line value of of players. Yeah, and and what I found maybe the most fascinating and why I got so locked into to situations that didn't that didn't work out for me. But the Col- the your example on the Colts is is it was like maybe the the shining example, but it, it, it turned into being what my Broncos take was basically good matchup, high total, fast pace, whatever um, game, and the Broncos lost Jerry Judy. And everybody's cheap. The whole, the, the entire team was cheap against a team that just got destroyed by the Texans. Right. <laughs> and no one's playing anybody on this offense. You know what I mean? And they're good football players. It, this isn't like playing, you know, the a, a shitty offense. Like, say whatever you want about Teddy. That's fine. But Javante Williams, good player. You know, uh, KJ Hamler, Colton Sutton, Noah Fan, even like Albert O. I, even I Tim Patrick is serviceable. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, you could have played like six different guys from the Broncos, in my opinion, and I would have been like, "That's a pretty, that's a, a pretty good play." Then you get the Colts, where, like you said last week, people are like, "Oh, this is a sneaky stack, right?" Like I'll use Pittman and and use the the Russ to Metcalf or Lockett or whatever. Then we remove Paris Campbell from the equation, and no one's playing any of these guys. And and, like, and so uh, many I, people are playing, and so many play, 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 people are playing cup, guys from the opposite side of the game. Cup, cup and Higby, right? You're playing Cup and Higby, but but now we took the, an offense you were interested in last week, at least reasonably interested in last week, in a dome, and you removed one of their higher target share players. And then, like you said, last week people were interested in Pittman, and last week we saw these two running backs getting like absurd targets absurd workloads whatever and like nobody was <laughs> interested in any of this we chose that situation was like nope nope no oh, Najee Harris played every snap so we got to jam him in at 30 percent but you know <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's getting eight targets and Michael Pittman's has like a 30 percent target share nope not not interested but in even Daryl Henderson even if you take a look Daryl Henderson I'm, oh. I'm looking at let's see let, let me bring this up here on results He's another TV. good example Daryl Henderson in the spy was 7.96 percent Mega Millionaire, 12, Slant, 9, 
uh, regular Millie six. Now I had, I had in the slant, I had 18% of him. So I was like almost double the field. Najee Harris, like, I'm going to say this again, right? You just said it. Najee Harris played 100% of the snaps for the Steelers. Daryl Henderson played almost 100% of the snaps for the Rams. The Rams are a better team than the Steelers, right? Okay, the Rams are actually probably a much better team than the Steelers. Yet, Daryl Henderson maybe doesn't, he still gets targeted out of the backfield, but he's not like a prolific pass catching running back, but he's essentially, I mean, he's essentially playing the 2016 Todd Gurley role mm-hmm. on the Rams minus maybe three targets. Yep. He's 5,700, but Najee Harris played a hundred percent. I mean, like, like if, if that, Dar- Eric, do you think, do you think this is, this is a, this is kind of a weird thought experiment. Do you think if Daryl Henderson played all of the snaps Last last week, he would have been the chalk over Chris Carson. Like that Daryl Henderson played 96% of the snaps made the difference of like, he didn't become a talking point enough that it's like, well, 96%, Sonny Michelle is still kind of there, right? But Najee Harris was like 100% all in, right? But the only difference was that Daryl Henderson like missed what? Four snaps or something? And it was in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? He played every first half snap. I know, I know that for sure. Sony didn't come in in that game last right, week. Right, and Jake until, like, Funk came super in. I mean, late. it's like, yeah, like, yeah he's yeah, going to lose uh, work to Jake Funk, really? <laughs> right. When so Henderson got hurt. Uh, I don't know if, if people didn't didn't notice. He got hurt. Yeah, he, he actually was well on his way to a a pretty monster game, and he he got hurt. And so, Sony took over after that. But I remember the very first snap. I think it was third and long, and Jake Funk and Jake Funk was was in. And so that's what uh, it was. Just it was just a very yeah. Funny but, do, situation. but do you think do you think that if Daryl Henderson last week played a hundred percent of the snaps, that his ownership would have went from from seven to nine percent to twenty percent, just I, just on just on like a four percent difference? The only thing I was going to ask is, what do you think? So he had a teammate. Who did? Who also played 100% of the snaps and was a talking point uh, at tight end? Tyler Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, right? Played 100% of the snaps last week, and then Cooper Cup was also underpriced. So, I think it's possible that was some of it. Um, you know, we obviously had Najee and we had Carson, whatever, at, at running back, and so that wound up played into it. But I, I, t- I tend to, I tend to agree. I, I think. It doesn't really make. I think it has a little bit of of a little sprinkle of each one of those places. Like Tyler Higby's on his own team and also played 100 percent of the snaps, so he's kind of drawing some of that away from him. Cooper Cup, you know, was an absolute smash in Week One and and draw a little drew a little bit away from him. And then you have Najee and you have Carson. So I think it was a little. And I, I and again maybe this is spilling over from some of my you know off season um, season long and, and best ball type. Type stuff, but everybody like seemed to be kind of out on 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 Daryl Henderson because they they didn't think he could like the, uh, again confirming your priors right. We picked and choose. I think the market was picking and choosing with Daryl Henderson when to confirm priors and when to buy into. Everybody assumed Najee Harris was going to play 100% of the snaps. Like that was the reason why people were buying Najee Harris heading into Week One. He was the new Le'Veon Bell, right? People did not think that about Henderson, and because they traded for Sony. Everybody was like, oh, no, you know, my priors are that Sony's going to eventually mix in here. I'm not, you know, I'm not buying this 100% snap share for Henderson, even if he had played 100, like literally 100%. I think it was more, you know, now that I'm 
thinking it through, it was more of the confirming priors thing and picking and choosing when to buy to buy into um, as opposed to the exact exact snapshot. But he was well on his way to doing it again. If he doesn't get hurt, he was he was going to do it again. Um, so, yeah, it, another perfect example. There was a ton. There was a ton of those examples this week. Yeah, I, here's 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 another one. Chase Edmonds and Javante mm-hmm. Williams. Chase Edmonds came in even in the Millie at like 13% owned. Yeah, now, no, no. the whole narrative for Chase Edmonds is that Yale catch passes at the backfield, but he doesn't get red zone touches, right? He's not going to be there in the goal line or whatever. People had no problem dismissing that, right? They'd go, hmm, just, we don't care. Edmonds can still get there from the 25-yard line, right? People, I mean, <laughs> and I think that's rightfully so. He he'll, he could catch seven passes out of the backfield, rush the ball eight times and still score. He's like, I mean, James White. You think of those types of guys. Like these guys can, souped up, souped up James White. Yeah, right. a better, a higher upside James White. I that think starts, is. right. That plays yep. first and second down type of thing. Yep. Javante Williams. The problem was that, well, Melvin Gordon's there or whatever. And uh, the same exact thing. And and he comes in at 5% owned. We had with Eckler also. The Eckler, no targets last week, right? <laughs> And he got goal line work, right? This week he comes in, he, what, he has nine targets? He got, or nine catches. Yeah. Uh, the the prevailing notion on Eckler was, oh, the targets will come back. Just like, I mean, you could you could go through all these and like, I listen to so much stuff and uh, and read so much stuff that like, one thing will apply to one guy and then not apply to another guy. And like, I, 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 <laughs> Like, how do you know? Like, how, like yep. how do you, Kenyon Drake, right? We saw that Gruden quote, right? Oh, Kenyon Drake is going to, you know, still have the same, you know, don't don't bother jumping on Kenyon Drake because it's going to be Peyton Barber and Kenyon Drake's going to do what he normally does. And no, Kenyon Drake played more than Peyton, like, played, played a lot more. Yeah, mm-hmm. Barber did come in, but he only came in at like 5% owned. There were some places yeah. that that it were like, oh, Kenyon Drake's going to be twenty percent owned, and you're going to be smart and fade him. Like, and he didn't even come in at twenty percent. I mean, like, I played a bunch of Kenyon Drake because I heard that uh, oh, you can't you can't you can't play him because his role isn't going to change. He's a forty nine hundred dollar running back, and I'm already playing Steelers. That catches passes and that catches, catches passes. passes. Like, what's the difference between Kenyon Drake and uh, Chase Edmonds? Other than the fact that that Chase Edmonds is on a better team, no, nothing. They're the same and, and price. They're the same price. <laughs> I'm I'm lower on the Raiders than the market, but all they do is prove that wrong every single week. They just, dude, they just went into pits. Everybody again. Another thing where we picked and choose when to apply. The Steelers beat the Bills. Right, it was a lucky as hell when they beat the Bills in in Week One. The, the Raiders are flying out on a short week, right? Short week, right? Off an emotional win on Monday Night Football, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they lose Josh Jacobs and they come out and the narrative is like, oh, my God, the Steelers are just going to destroy the Raiders, right? The Raiders beat the Steelers uh, quite handily, actually, beat the Steelers in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like you said, I pulled it up now. Kenyon Drake played 71%, 71%. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, targets. come on. But it, but it's not about being right against. It's not being. I was right with Drake. It was that. Oh, I the, didn't know what was going to happen. Right. No, I just thought the field was underestimating. Mm-hmm. 
All I had yep. to do was figure out the prob- probability, right? Yep. I thought the probability was higher than 5% that he would be just as much of a, a, a worthwhile playing at 4,900 as any of these other guys that are going to be two or three times more owned than him. But if you tell me that Kenny Drake is like 20% owned, then he's an X out of my lineups. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, that's, I mean, I know people that are listening to this podcast probably have gotten this already. This is the you know, fundamentals, the theory of DFS, but... It's just in NF it's when you play baseball or NBA, this stuff doesn't like it's daily. So you never get th- these week long reflections, but in NFL, like, we, I mean, we could have an entire two hour long show of every single week of going through. How come one thing applied to one guy, but not the other guy, like every single week. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm going to bring up one more because I'm going to, uh, uh, make fun of my Sunday morning co-host and, and, uh, Ben Gretsch, and he was he, and it's not just him. Everybody, right? Remember T.J. Hawkinson last week? The Lions go nuts. T.J. Hawkinson has a big game, right? He had ten targets on like six, almost sixty Lions pass attempts. Like, don't get me wrong, ten targets. That's that's. Yeah, but great. I don't, th- I don't think the Lions are going to be throwing sixty times much. <laughs> exactly, and he looked great, and he scored his touchdown early, right? But people said, okay, look. Even though his target share wasn't very good, even though they threw like 40 times in the second half, the fact that he only got like two of those targets, that's okay. That's okay. Ignore that second half. Did you <laughs> see what he did in the first half? Did you see that touchdown? He had seven first half targets. Oh my gosh. You know, TJ Hawkinson wheels up, right? Again, God, I, I love Davis Maddock. He, I, I do content with Davis Maddock. He tweeted like after after week one reaction, Hawkinson's getting 200 targets or whatever. And I'm like, look at then, Darren. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at Darren Waller. Waller. <laughs> But the same reaction doesn't apply to Kyle Pitts. This was the the debate I had with Gretsch. The same Kyle Pitts had a higher target share, almost as many raw targets as as TJ Hawkinson. And like, oh, but he got but they looked bad and he got his targets throughout the course of the entire game. Not we didn't get to pick, you know, 12 plays where he got targeted at a high rate. And like everybody's like, ah, no, I like Hawkinson better than Pitts now. I'm like, what? Like, why? Why does it apply differently to to the different people? You know what I mean? Yeah, Waller. I mean, yeah, sure. I thought it was crazy. He got 19 targets. What happened yesterday? Shocker. He didn't get 19 targets again. You know, it's like, but we're picking and che- again. It, I know the like you said, the people know this now. But I, I do think it's like kind of a worthwhile exercise to discuss these because it really is the tr- like that was the crux of like my entire process it turned more into the roster construction thing because what my thought my and you talked about it ben and i discussed it on sunday morning like last week it was gotta play cmc gotta play kamara gotta play you know these cheaper wide receivers and i know that those wide receivers didn't exist but there were paths like i said with the lineup that i wrote out or i read read out to getting some of the those wide receivers that, that you wanted still in that six or seven k range with these elite with these elite elite running backs. And so just people are like, nope, nope. I, the Saints are too good, right? The Saints just beat. <laughs> I can't play CMC. The Saints just destroyed the Packers. I can't play Christian McCaffrey, who's gonna who scored 30 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown or getting a bonus in, in week one. Can't play him. You know, he was like 5% owned in, in, in like these higher stakes. It, it, was, it was crazy. Now, he didn't do it. It was Derrick Henry, like you said. But same thing, Derrick Henry. 5% owned because we can't play him, you know, because the the receptions are bad. He's on the road, blah, blah, blah. So it's just, it's such a, it was such a good week to point out all these examples. I think uh, well, here's one. I got, were... I got another one for you. Okay. Uh, Tyler Lockett last week. Uh. Crushed. Okay. <laughs> this week, 
Uh, in the spy, he was 5.7% owned. And Metcalf was 16.8% owned. And they're cl- and they're only 300 apart in salary. Like, they're very close in salary. Much more now. Uh, well, Lockett can't do it two weeks in a row, right? Like, <laughs> Hulk... How come it applies to one person and not the? I mean, like it's just it it's it's because they go oh Lockett got there on five catches right the week before. Yep. Have you watched the Seahawks play for the past five <laughs> years? Right. Russell Wilson has put up ceiling games on twenty three passes. I mean, like like that is the way. Like you're describing the Seahawks. You're not describing players. Like yes, yeah. on five when Rondell Moore gets there on five catches, can that be unsustainable? Okay, I give you a little bit more credit, but. But like, no, I got to play, I got to play DK. I got to play the alpha, right? I got to play DK Metcalf. Why is the disparity in the spy 16.8% to 5.9%? Why is the difference? Metcalf put up 11 points. Lockett put up 34 points. And then, you know what will happen next week? Lockett will be a little bit more than Metcalf. And then Metcalf will still be more owned. And then Lockett gets to, it's, it's like seeing the numbers on the roulette wheel that came out. It's like, like, there's no... What they're about the same medium projection yeah. wise. Why is the difference? Why, uh, how it's it's when you tell Gamp, like when gamblers say, you know, I'm playing this guy because he's due, and oh, then yeah. you talk to the another gambler, I'm playing this guy because he's hot. It's like, what, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you pick and choose who's hot and who's due? Either way, yeah. you're doing it wrong, but like, I mean, that that's to me, that's all of Twitter. To me, that I mean that to me that's the fun of Twitter of seeing, of essentially seeing who believes someone is hot and who believes someone is due. And, right, and and the air love... air yards are, are obviously oh, due. Gosh. Right, yes. if, you, if you have a lot of air yards, that means you're due. <laughs> and if if you if you have an unsustained Adam Thielen's touchdown rate, <laughs> th- that he's hot. Right, <laughs> so you can't play. He can't uh, Pascal catching touchdowns. You know, like. That or, or, or KJ Osborne. Let's see. Let's see what people do with KJ Osborne next next week. Or I don't even know if he's Let's on just, the slate. God, I hope not. I don't want to talk about KJ Osborne in, in, anymore. We we've ta- we've discussed KJ Osborne for like a half hour between the last over the last over the last week. But it is really funny. So again, another another example. Uh, Tyler Lockett can't sustain it. DK Metcalf is due. Right, triple the ownership. Mike Evans gets shut down last week. He's the highest. Now he's the highest. Don't nobody played Antonio Brown. Like people still played a little bit of Godwin just because that game was appealing, but nobody played Antonio Brown, who might have looked the best out of out of. I mean, he looked like freaking peak Antonio. Right. Mike Brown. Evans was due. Antonio Brown was hot. Yes. So we don't play Antonio we, Brown when we play Mike Evans. Yes. And uh, but the the yeah then they look at the Chargers right I, it's 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 just it's just so so fascinating and so uh, I'm constantly kind of trying to sometimes seriously and sometimes joking uh, on Twitter but just point out kind of the hilarity of 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 all that and people it's because right the why is the it's not even just I guess do versus hot it's people are trying to project the outcomes. Right. They're trying and we, we have inputs to these projections and shocker, the six foot four, 240 pound guy that, you know, runs a four, three forty that everybody was already more bullish on this year is going to project better than what is Lockett five, nine, 175 pounds, you know, catching all these bombs. And so, like, there's there's just inherent bias. In, and I'm not even saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying there's inherent bias in, in all of this. And I have mine, too. 
why do you think I don't play Derrick Henry that much? Because I'm, I, I, I struggle. I have a bias against basically Derrick. I really, really struggle with how to handle him, even when he's lower owned, even though I know sometimes what the right thing is. I'm a human and it's hard to click that button on Derrick Henry some, sometimes, but we all have them. And, and they're so, so, so funny to kind of point out. And especially right now, right in like week 12, we're not going to be having quite the same conversations, but for this first, you know, even like month and a half or whatever of the season, this is the conversation like every single week. I, I remember going to the season, Jalen Rager's dust, right? Yep. And, and first year, right? Say, Oh, isn't there, isn't there a narrative in season long that like you want to play second year wide receivers? Yeah, right. second year breakouts. Yeah, yep. but that it's doesn't apply to Jalen Rager, though. No, of course not. not because Jaylen they spent draft like capital on another wide receiver. Like, like the front yep. office is signaling that this guy sucks, right? Is like, yep. and then he, he comes out and he, to me, he seemed pretty good the first two games. Right? He should have scored. Yes, he should have scored again yesterday right. if he would have stayed in bounds. Yeah. So, it, but yeah, it, yeah, it's that picking and choosing. It's just like if you can. It's the same thing with the projection models. Like it's. It's going to do whatever the, has the most predictive power on all these variables and then come out with the outputs. And you can't just say, well, I agree with this and not agree with the other. Like, it's all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say that uh, uh, that, that this, this should apply 90% of the time, it's like you don't know the other 10% of the time where it fails. So, like, you can't – you're trying to pick the 10% of the time. I'm just saying that, like, I'm just, I'm just not even bothering trying to pick and choose and yeah. go – if you're going to bet on second, let's say, let's say your whole best ball strategy or whatever the hell it is, was to bet on these second year wide receivers. Like, like you should have, you should not have 0% Jalen Rager. You should have Correct. enough of all of them and hopefully that they all get there. Or you don't, you, you want to bet against first year tight ends, right? That's a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then, then, then you shouldn't have any, any first year, tight any rookie. I don't know how many there are, but I mean, it's like Kyle Pitts. I don't yeah, know if there's Pitts any other and Fryer Muth from uh from from the Steelers. But yeah, the, the second year wide receiver thing is actually perfect. Now we're we're really getting into my sweet spot here, the thing I've been talking about for months. So be be careful. <laughs> but tonight, I'm sure I'll write him up for for a good old showdown slate IQ. But it's actually your perfect example that someone told me. Basically, I I kind of not just second year breakouts, right? But like young players are the the most the, the best bets to like take a, a a ginormous leap forward, right? Like Adam Thielen can sustain, maybe even get a little better, but Adam Thielen isn't going to go from Adam Thielen to, to Devontae Adams, right? Like that doesn't really happen when you get to a certain age level. When you're betting on these players taking this huge leap, it's typically younger players. Just historically, that's how that's how it works. And so tonight, the, the greatest example of this garbage, like you said, garbage type of second year is Quintez Cephas, right? If you're believing in this narrative, Quintez Cephas has no target competition, is the second-year breakout wide, you know, the the same, he's a second-year wide receiver. He might be the worst goddamn second-year wide receiver in the NFL, but, like, he fits the mold. So if you believe in that thing, like you said, don't pick and choose. Don't don't say, I believe in LaVisca Chenault, because I do, which is looking horrible. Don't, don't say, I believe in LaVisca Chenault, but don't believe in Quintez Cephas. It's the same application of this, this Right, because a, lot, a lot of people are looking at Chenault now, the first two games, and go, it's not, well, it's, it's a different team. It's a, I mean, yeah. like they brought in, they brought in a guy that, and that's why they brought in Marvin Jones. It's like people, it's people are, t- pe- people throughout the entire off season are talking about, well, obviously when offensive coordinators and coaches change, you can't necessarily go by the past year's, you know, mm-hmm. style of play and play calling and all that type of stuff. Yet 
the Jaguars purposely brought in Marvin Jones because he runs the off. He knows the offense that is going to be run. And the first game of the season, the age model says, fuck you. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's like, if you're going to bet on age, especially in the beginning, like I'm more, I played AJ green. I played a lot of Marvin Jones the first week I played Marvin Draw. Jones, the, like, especially in the beginning of the year. Like maybe at the end of the year where they're not, maybe they're not feeling all that well. And of course I, I say, I say this, uh, we're talking about like old, like I can't play dusty AJ green and Marvin Jones. These guys are still younger than me. So like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I'm like they, these old guys that are like six years younger than like they're 34. And I'm like, dude, I'd love to be 34. That I, I was 34, eight years some of ago. Them are, some of them are younger than me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And you're calling them old and dusty, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but how come, but it's comes back to, it's like, okay, well you, you, you've prepared this entire off season. And now in the first week at DFS, you're going to be like, how do you play Marvin? How do, how do you play Marvin Jones at 3,700? How do you play Marvin Jones? How do you play Marvin Jones this week at 4,700 after he got like 11 targets the week before? And they go, well, that's the, how come, how come you could throw that out yet not throw out something like that? That's the number to me. That's the number one point of, to me, that's hot. I think it's the, the, the hot or do question. Yeah. And I think is. that that's the gambler's fallacy and the guy, and you shouldn't be, you sh- can't be thinking hot or do. Right. And, and where, where it's most fascinating for, in terms of an edge, like, especially again, thinking, you know, where my brain goes to my contests is that, you know, the quote unquote sharp thing, right. It's typically projections based. It is typically sticking to your priors and, and, and kind of only updating in the, the very, very, you know, the Najee Harris, 100% snap share. Tyler Higby, 100% snap share. It's the 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 sharp play, right? Has been determined that that's what you you know you don't you don't change your priors on DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett. You do change your priors, or or you do confirm your priors basically on the Najee thing, um, or you do update your priors on Tyler Higby playing playing every snap, right? You you like it's all because the inputs to all these projections are very good, right? It, like you said, it's pulling in the most predictive value into into these into these projections and all the best players in the world are are using them now they're also combining a little bit of you know game theory obviously correlation and all that kind of stuff but it's really interesting in these contests because it's the train of thought is the same right every like why is dk metcalf triple the ownership of 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 uh tyler lockett i know it is that way in in lower stakes but sometimes the disparity gets like super crazy um, remember Will Fuller week? Remember the Will Fuller week when he scored like 50 fantasy points off a of zero? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Every, yeah, every, every he, he looked horrible, and it's like, how do we not play Will Fuller at 4,000 against like the worst defense? And then he ends up being chalk, and you see that in PGA, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, guy yeah. misses a cut at, at at when he was wasn't even being owned, and the next week he's the chalkiest player on the slate. Like you didn't used to see that, but even but even the hot like like. But Najee Harris, like, if Najee Harris, okay, what do you think? Here's a thought experiment. If Najee Harris would have had a 30-point DK game last week, how much more owned than 21% in the milli would he have been? In the the lower stakes in milli lower or stakes. the big, in the, the lower stakes? If he, same, so same, if he scored 30 points in week one instead, and instead of price, only five. And he was the same price in in week two, a a shit ton. And that's what I was going to add. He would have been a shit ton more owned, in my opinion, 
And that's what I was going to add about Henderson too. When you brought up Henderson, what he, he had an okay game, right? It was, it was, it was fine, but he didn't like blow the roof off or whatever. I think if, you know, because those projections are, those projections are adjusting some of these inputs early in the season. And so snap share is one of them, but efficiency and, and like market share of touchdowns, market share of all that kind of stuff can be, even if it gets up bumped up just a little bit in the projections, it can get ratcheted up and that can have a huge impact when you're only 5,700 or when you're only 6,000. If you ratchet up, you know, any sort of market share or any short sort of efficiency, those guys are going to shoot through the roof. And so I, I, I do think they would be a lot more owned. Because I mean, in certain cases, we're taking hot. In certain cases, we're taking due. Like Najee Harris was due, and he was the most owned, right? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. there were certain players that, like, but the hot end was the 100% of snaps. The yeah. due was that he didn't get the production there. Then then we have uh, a guy like Jamar Chase, mm. who's 16% owned, 18% owned, 15, 13, some places. One game. He's hot, right? Then <laughs> and Higgins goes back to being the alpha on the. I mean, getting the most targets on the team as what would you would expect, right? And then you go, you go, you look at uh, Damien Harris, and you go doghouse, mm-hmm. right? It's like oh, right? He got he got like he did great the first week, other than the fumble. Now he's not. Did not. Why is he not hot? Why is he not hot? Right. Well, and Stevenson was inactive. Right. And Stevenson, Stevenson was, was inactive. inactive. And 12% in places or whatever. Gronk. I think Gronk is a perfect example. Gronk is the perfect example. Well, you can't play Gronk. He's, he's old man. He's he's not going to be Gronk yeah. from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, he has Brady throwing the ball. Like He also has three Against wide receivers. He also has three wide receivers that the defense actually has to pay attention to. It ain't just Julian Edelman and some <laughs> crappy Muhammad Sanu or some bullshit out there. And you wonder, you, oh, well, you can't play Gronkowski at 4,700. Like, did you see week one? O.J. Howard barely played. Yeah. But uh, but Gronkowski, we're not going to. A.J. Green, right? All, typically, it's the old guys, right? Mm-hmm. The old guy, they, oh, A.J. Green played on like 87% of the snaps out, uh, outside against, uh, oh, no, I don't want to play him at 3,700 in a game with the Cardinals having a 30-plus total. Like, what, why why does it why does it not apply to AJ Green yet it applies to other players it it, it I, I definitely haven't it's old old players for sure but I mean to me it's just this not adjusting any sort of priors on 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 inputs unless it like over the top confirms your priors the Najee Harris again going back to the Najee Harris type type of thing right? People, people were already expecting a huge snap share for Najee Harris, but then you see a hundred percent in in week one. So it's like boom, confirmed. We were right about Najee Harris. Let's ratchet up that that projection, um, and you know the efficiency will come. Which shocker, I'm not so certain that the efficiency is ever. I know he he, he kind of got there at the end, but I, I don't know if efficiency is going to be in the Najee Harris playbook. But on the other side, right, like you said, AJ Green, you're like no. I, I, I can't I can't do do it with AJ Green. So even when he plays every snap, doesn't matter. He looks dusty, 
right? And he probably and he he, he kind of does, but like you know, why do you why do your eyeballs matter more on AJ Green, not on Najee Harris? I think Najee Harris looks dusty, and he's twenty two or whatever. Like uh, it, it is it is always really really interesting. Gr- yeah, Gronk is definitely the best example, and I, I didn't play Gronk again this week, and I'll hold, I'll continue to hold hold that L proudly, I guess. But um, I will say I do think same thing. Gronk actually looks good, so he's a more interesting case even than like AJ Green. I'm like AJ Green, he does just look look really bad i get it whatever if you don't want to play him but like gronk looks like legit and the bucks look unreal on 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 offense and they look like you know they have no interest in in letting rojo and fournette fuck it up for him anymore you know that just just give it to tom and let him throw it to these studs and so yeah i i wonder if if do you think people will adjust at all on someone like someone like Gronk um, because I, I do think it'll run out eventually. Like, I mean, he's just older and, and like, they're going to be playing for a super bowl. So they probably don't want to, you know, when they're, when they got a playoff spot locked in, want to be playing him a million snaps, you know, in week 14 or something like that. But for right now, like, I don't know, these, these kind of guys are the ones that are most interesting to me, right? Tyler Lockett. Somebody replied to my, to my tweet earlier today. I said, yeah, in one of my examples, it was about Lockett basically being, you know, the man in that offense. And he said, well, that's not sustainable. Right. And I'm like, why not? I'm why like, why? why can't it ex- be? Explain to me why he can't be the alpha in this offense. They got a new offense, right? I could tell the story. They got a new offensive coordinator. That's better. Clearly it's working. I mean, they're lighting, they're lighting it up. You know, I know they lost, but the offense isn't the issue right there. That they look awesome, and he's been the man in that offense. Why? Why can't it be right? But everybody is going to bet against Lockett. Uh, they might start bet. I don't know if they'll start betting against Cup. We'll see about Cup. He also looks pretty insane. Um, Gronk, yeah, AJ Green. I'm trying to think of you know the Marvin Jones was a good example. Marvin Jones is the the leader in that offense. I, I got I got I, I found the best example of this. I, I think I think it's the best example. Okay, Melvin Gordon. Oh shit. In the Mega Millionaire is 1.48% owned. Okay. Javante Williams is 5.68% owned. Okay. You, you don't know what direction I'm going this with this. Wait. Okay. So what we're saying is that Melvin Gordon, who's the who's technically the running back one, had a good game last week. I didn't have a good game. He just got the touchdown. He was 11 for 33. He's basically a, an inefficient running back with a younger guy behind him getting like 50% of the snaps, 40 to 50% of the snaps. And we prefer to play the guy that's getting, that's on the other side of the timeshare, <laughs> mm-hmm. even at very similar prices. Right. Because the, the number one running back is, is not efficient. I don't know how you call yes. Melvin Gordon dusty, but Kind of dusty. Don't want to play Melvin yeah. Gordon. Want to play Javante yeah. Williams. Eventually, he's going to get there, right? I'm going to play the guy on the opposite side. 40% of snaps, and I'm going to play that guy, okay? Mm-hmm. You're, going to, you're going to love this example. Oh, no. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to so love. This is the best one ever. In the Mega Millionaire, Ezekiel Elliott was 18.86% okay. I do love this one, yes. And... Tony Pollard was 0.11% owned. Now tell me, is there a dip now? Is there necessarily based on what you've seen, even the first game, is there a big difference between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams and Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard? Isn't that the same? Isn't that the same, pretty much the same example? 
Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to pull up because I don't know it off the top of my head really, really quickly. So Zeke did play, you know, a ton of the snaps in 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 week one, but he didn't get a ton of the touches. And so to your point, we were like, okay, it's all good for Zeke. Yep, it's it's all it's all good for he's Zeke. Do right, he's, he's totally fine. He's do, he's it's bounce back week for Zeke, right? And shocker, it's not. He's just not very good. But like, it's bounce back week for Zeke. Melvin Gordon. Nope, I got no interest in you, in you, Melvin Gordon. And like you said, they're like the same. They're they're very close to the same price. And I, I, I get it, right? There was there was a little, there's a, a tiny bit more to it with the Pollard thing because of how many snaps Zeke played or whatever. But uh, moving forward, uh, we might be needing to have a very serious conversation about how similar those two situations ac- actually are. And it really is, it really is a good point. And damn, that was fun. By the way, the Tony Pollard. The right, Tony point Pollard. one, well, you can't get yeah, a better. No, awesome. well, I showed you the two examples: one eighteen percent versus literally almost like in like two lineups total. <laughs> and it's like, what's the difference? One guy. I mean, why? I mean, it, it's just you can't. Well, in that situation, someone's going to come out with some football example of well, in this situation, they're playing like, dude. I'm just looking at numbers. It looks like the same fucking thing to me. Why is the disparity of ownership? That big, at least in the Gordon Williams example, Williams yeah. is seven percent and Gordon's four percent, which I still think should be closer. But it's closer. close enough, but not eighteen to, to zero, to nearly zero, all, all basic, basically zero. Because people yeah. are like, no, no, there's no way. To, like we saw the first game, Tony Pollard was lining up on this in, with Zeke and yep. coming in enough that it's like, oh, well. That's his role. You know, like maybe he gets a little additional role, but he's not going to come 50%. Well, who says he doesn't? You you think you think that's going to happen with Javante Williams without proof, right? Yeah. So why can't I right. do the same thing with Tony Pollard? I'm not saying I played Tony Pollard. I'm just I'm just trying to find these examples of like every week, the third we're coming into this third week. I'm 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 sure that you could find plenty based on the first two games. Here here's a question for you. This is more of a football. This is more of football related coming into this this week. The thing that I've noticed, Leone posted this after the first week, that the the team with the lowest passing expectation number of plays was the Bengals in week one. Now, we came into the season with the Bengals being like, they're going to chuck the ball, right? Burrow's going to throw the ball a lot. Against the Bears, low passing ball. Another... And they were behind. They had to come back. Uh, but another, they just ran Mixon 20 times for no apparent reason. Uh, do you think that, do you think people are going to over, do you think people are going to notice and then assume that the Bengals passing game is now they've become a shittier team? Or do you think people are more likely to stay on a prior and like, I'd, lo- I'd love to play a borrow stack, like a cheap borrow stack, like at low ownership, if the narrative is the Bengals aren't throwing the ball much anymore. And I think so. And, yeah. or I'd rather do the opposite of like, they're going to go back because look what happened with the Cowboys. That's the reason why that mm. game was stackable. Cause it's like, Oh, the Cowboys are just going to chuck the ball 50 times. Look, and they threw it 27 times. <laughs> right. Now, is that, is that what it's going to be going forward? Who knows? Probably mm. not. Right. But like, how could you apply it to what if you see the Bengals with a higher running rushing volume than a passing volume and go, that's the way it is going forward, how come you're not applying that to the Cowboys? Yeah. Yet I guarantee um, it's I, not gonna be the same for both teams. 
No, it absolutely will not be the same for for both teams. And to your initial question about the Bengals, I do I do believe so. I believe that people will like. I also think there's a correlation between kind of like the the Henderson thing we talked about. Why wasn't Henderson so chalky? Because we saw the Hig we saw what happened with Higby and Cup. You know, because the passing game is getting such volume or playing such whatever. There's a positive thing going on with some of the the passing game weapons that Henderson then in turn makes it easier to kind of confirm the skepticism that people had coming in about about Henderson. And I think the same thing is happening with the Bengals. We kind of had this even coming into the season um, from a projection standpoint. Like, okay. Mixon is probably going to be the workhorse. They keep telling us Mixon's going to be the workhorse, but how how much are they going to run and how effectively are they going to run? We don't we don't we don't really know about that because we think, based on the small sample that we had last year of Joe Burrow being in there, they're just going to chuck the ball all over the place. And they got Jamar Chase, right? It only makes sense. Why would they run when they when they have all this? Well, now we're seeing, and there's going to be, in my opinion, really severe narrative about the offensive line. Even though they didn't pass very much, Burrow was getting destroyed by the Bears. They had a ton of sacks. Um, that you know, it, it was. I thought the Bears were almost going to run away with that one. It's just their offense sucks so bad they can't. But um, I think it's going to be you know, even in even in a game where they had a matchup to throw, right? All these things are going to start aligning. They, it was the perfect matchup to throw. Did you see what the Bears did against the Rams the week before? Their secondary sucks, but their front seven is good. You're going to get all these combining factors where I think people are going to start to adjust those priors on the Bengals. Now, maybe I haven't looked at any sort of slate or anything like that, but maybe, you know, somebody's cheap and, uh, and, and they, they might pop in a projection, but I, I kind of tend to think not. And I think that is a situation to your point where people are still going to be, Oh, it's the Cowboys. That was one week. We, they're still going to throw. Don't fade, don't fade CD or Amari or whatever, but on the Bengals, we might get that burrow for sure. Like a receiver might, might pop, but I, I think people are going to be very, very out on Burrow really, really fast. I think I think very similar. Like it, to me, the the things that's going to be more normalized are the the pass rate. Like for for instance, I don't see myself ever not having a Josh Allen stack. Yeah. Like I like they just throw to like. The long Josh Allen's just been inefficient the first two games, He's and maybe horrible. that continues. Maybe Josh Allen sucks now, right? Okay, <laughs> but here, here, here we go, Eric. I got it. I got another one for you. Here's another one. Oh hotter do, hotter do, hotter do, <laughs> and it, this all comes down to age. Uh, Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen. The Bills throw like. Majority of their plays, they're they're one of the highest passing rate teams. Mm-hmm. Most people will say that okay, it, it, Josh Josh Allen is not as good as we think he is. Yeah, but they're still going to play Diggs. They're still going to play Beasley. They're still going to play Sanders. Allen is still going to be a high owned quarterback, like every slate that he is, because he he rushes a little. Mm-hmm. Right, he's a young kid in a good offense that doesn't really care about the running game, right? I mean, like, they really don't. They run second. They pass first, run second. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's another team that's like that. There's another team that has three good wide receivers, and they they pass first and run second. And that team is quarterbacked by Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Yet, yet, Ben, yet, Josh Allen will still be nine, ten, Bill Stacks will be a plenty. In, in, in GPPs. Yeah, you say, how about Big Ben with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? 
You go, how the fuck do you play Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> it's like Ben, Ben, the first two games was just as inefficient as Josh Allen. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like what's the, obviously Josh Allen is some rushing upside. I get that. But from a pass rating, like in GPPs, Tom Brady, same thing, Tom Brady, right? Take a look at this yep. past week. People were like, do I play Dak? Do I play Herbert? Do I go down to Hertz? Do I play Josh Allen? And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, show me a team that pass first, run second, especially at the goal line. And it's like, wh- why why aren't we why aren't we playing Buccaneers? Every oh, Tom Brady's 43 years old. Well, who cares? Yeah. Obviously it do- obviously it doesn't matter. Brady's playing with the most talented team he's ever had his entire career. Yep. So who cares that he's 43 years old? He's going to throw four or five touchdowns every game, it seems like. Right? Uh, at, le- at least until they, they run into a defense that's at least competent. I mean, it, it, and, and even then, yeah. I mean, it feels like 300 yards and multiple touchdowns is just like a borderline lock because he is their entire offense, you know? And he doesn't – an interesting thing that somebody mentioned about Brady in the offseason that I thought was was pretty fascinating is he doesn't, you know, he doesn't take sacks. He also doesn't really, like, um, throw the ball away. Like that's why James White was such a big thing mm. is that Brady's so good, you know, at not having negative plays. And so they're just constantly racking up points. They play fast, right? He'll throw the ball down the field. You know, when he throws it away, he's really smart about how he does it. Like he'll chuck it up to Mike Evans and be like, either he's going to catch this or maybe it's pass interference. He doesn't really care about throwing the interception. You know, it, it, they're just an offense that, you know, and again, I didn't play Brady and I have, I have, issues with Brady like I do with Derrick Henry it's a full-blown personal bias I'll t- I will tell everybody in it and totally a- admit to it but it's also something that like I'm aware of and I see I see what the Bucks are doing and but they but the field the reason why it's a problem is because the field does what I do and they're like nope he's kind of expensive he doesn't run I don't know which receiver to pick mm. you know and and so they just totally it totally ig- ignore him and and those are the situations I need you know I know I need to get better at uh, but they're advantageous for everybody. Right, but I'm describing situations of of someone that would say, well, you got to play teams like this. It's like, well, how about the Steelers? Well, you can't play Ben. Well, I'm, like, I'm describing what you're describing. I'm describing what you're describing. Like, yep. I, I'm pretty sure at some point this season, Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw 430 yards and four touchdowns. And the Steelers are, the Steelers may lose the game. Right? Yeah. It, it may be one of those 38-31 games that they lose or something, but from all intents and purposes, we saw this last year with Ben when when he's quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. That he's he's looking at he's he's at the age of not giving a fuck, right? Same for Brady. Yep. These, 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 these are the types of quarterbacks that like play calling doesn't matter. They call they call these they call the play. Brady's calling the plays. Brady doesn't want to run a play, he doesn't run a play. Like Peyton Manning was like that once Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Like Byron Byron Leftwich is their offensive coordinator. Spoiler: Byron Leftwich <laughs> doesn't get to overrule Tom Brady. Right, <laughs> right. right. Byron Leftwich, seven-time Super Bowl Hall of Fame. Yeah. Went, no, maybe no. Belichick had had some say. You know, Belichick is as the elite level clout. Maybe Brady would listen to somebody like he's not listening to fucking Byron Leftwich about any play calls. Right, but as far as like throwing or pat like. Like Ben Roethlisberger, they're, they're going to throw the ball, even though you know, not not a big. I'm not a big fan of their coaching staff, right? But like, like these are the types of guys. But you have to get past the fact that, yes, they're older. Yes, they're not as good as what what they were when they were younger. Like you, you have to you have to know that just by watching that Roethlisberger is nowhere near as good as he was 
10 years ago. I mean, like, no. like he's, he's, he's one of the worst, like probably the most, the, he's the most immobile quarterback. Yes. It's bad. He when Matt Ryan is rushing too. the ball into the end zone yeah. on a, on a, on a quarterback draw. Like that's a play that I go, I don't think Roethlisberger could do it. The only thing that Roethlisberger is going to do is the quarterback sneak. Like he's like <laughs> a, a million that. for a million on that play. Um, the other example um, is not the not the old guy, but this was kind of part of my thesis coming into to week one that I actually feel uh, even even better about moving forward. But a team um, that is going to pass a lot and that the market is just like they just decided they they don't want anything to do with them. But it's the Panthers um, and Darnold. They, they 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 that game was over from the kickoff. It, it was it was over. Jameis embarrassed himself. That was old school Jameis. Uh, I, some of the, th- I mean, it was, it was so bad. They couldn't run. Kamara had like seven rushing yards or something like that. It, it was absolutely horrible. Um, the Panthers, it was basically never in doubt. Even Christian McCaffrey gets, gets dinged up. He was cramping in the, in the second half. And even then, uh, the, the Saints had no chance, but the Panthers still threw 38 times, despite the fact they were, they were winning by three scores for basically the, the entire game. If you just remove the name Sam Darnold from this this from the quarterback position, DJ Moore, awesome. Robbie Anderson, awesome. Terrace Marshall is a young rookie everybody's excited about. And Christian McCaffrey is, you know, arguably the best running back in the NFL. And they have also very innovative, smart coaching staff. Joe Brady is their offensive coordinator who made Joe Burrow a thing at, at LSU and made Clyde Edwards Alaire a thing, and he might not be a thing anymore. But like they have this offense, you know, this innovative pass first offense with amazing weapons. And that was, like I said, my, coming into week one, I played Panther stacks in week one because that was my thesis. But the market is if you attach Sam Darnold's name to anything, you know, it's kind of like Big Ben. No, nope, uh, maybe you're right, but I don't want to have anything to do. Or, to or do they'll, go, they'll go by last year. Like the Panthers played at one of the slowest paces last yeah. year, but now they're now they're not, not anymore. <laughs> not yeah, anymore. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, shocker. The teams can change. Yeah, you know the the the, the teams can change. And 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 Teddy Bridgewater. People were out. Right. I played Teddy Bridgewater because, like, in week one, he did throw the ball downfield. You know, that's the thing everybody talks about, right? He doesn't have upside. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. Like, week one, he did throw the ball downfield. And yesterday, he threw the ever living shit out of the ball down the field. Cortland Sutton broke the record for air yards in a game yesterday. Cortland Sutton had like two hundred. 40 air yards. Yeah, or 78. Yeah, I mean, it's an absurd number. Um, it's because Teddy was pushing the ball down the field, right? And so anyway, all these continued add on to the list of examples where people, for whatever reason, bias. And maybe you're right about Sam Darnold, and I'm wrong about Sam Darnold. But the point is, no one's buying into it, so that's when I want to buy into it. Uh, here's another another example of, I mean, we're talking about football stuff, but Alvin Kamara. Are we over at here? Is Alvin Kamara in the past? I I think from a raw talent perspective, he's a talented person. Yep. Uh, this offense is nothing like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have Drew Brees and it doesn't have Michael Thomas, and it has Jameis Winston at quarterback. Who, when he was on the Buccaneers, he didn't throw to running backs either, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like he's he's gonna he's gonna find a deeper target for. I mean, he's not gonna get to to Kamara in the flat and it doesn't seem like with Winston at quarterback, they're even running Kamara on actual wide receiver routes. Correct. Right. Like, like, and they got Cal, they got garbage out there. 
mm-hmm. sending out these these wide receivers that are not really that talented, and they're not sending Kamara on routes. They're, it's dump off route. It's all flats and yep. you know curls yep. and things like that. Do you do you think that if the Saints are bad and there's no Thomas there to to draw any attention, that we're looking at teams just going if we could just take Kamara out of the game, we win. And if Winston's not going to pass and going to dump off the ball, is Cam- is Kamara a, a, an eight to nine K running back anymore? Now I'm asking this, uh-huh. not saying that I think he is or he's not. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that where the prior on Kamara is, you know, if we saw the coming week that Kamara was seventy two hundred, we'd be jamming him into every lineup that we have, and maybe that's not the case. Because take a look at Zeke. You told me three years yep. ago. That Zeke was uh, in a game where they had the highest total and he was 6,200. We'd go, well, obviously he's 3,000 underpriced. I mean, like, like <laughs> yeah. he'd be, he'd be like 72% owned. Same for Todd. Remember Todd Gurley, right? I mean, oh, Todd, yeah. it's the oh, same, yeah. right? I mean, maybe this is the, the same type. Of, oh, I can't, you know, what's going to people, people hear me and go, oh, that's not going to be Kamara. People didn't think that would be Gurley. People didn't think that would be Elliott. People didn't think that would be Melvin Gordon. People, we yep. could list all these running backs. And I know we're getting into your wheelhouse of uh, best ball yep. of like, like this is the whole concept of running backs don't really matter as much as you think they do. What does Christian, Mc, if Christian McCaffrey only got 60% of the snaps, would he, he would be, he'd be at 7,600. He'd be, he'd, he's Austin Eckler. Right. Yep. I mean, he's right. If, if, if Dalvin cook got 60% of the snaps, it's like, okay, he's Joe Mixon. I mean, like right. I that, mean, we just had that about Chase Edmonds, right? We just right. talked about that Chase, Chase Edmonds. That's he gets 60% and Connor gets 40%. He's a little more valuable because he gets passing and he, he gets receptions and, 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 you know, obviously CMC would get the goal line role, but that's why he would be more, more expensive. But if, but, if you gave yeah. Chase Edmonds goal line work and 95% of the snaps, Chase Edmonds is ten thousand dollars. Chase Edmonds is Christian McCaffrey, and yeah, and in in an even better offense, right? In an even better offense. So the differences between a lot of these players, especially that position, is opportunity, not necessarily talent. So if we see that Kamara is not getting the opportunities because of an inefficient offense and a different scheme, and not having Michael Tom, not having Drew Brees there, like. Yeah, but he's talented. Who cares if he's talented? If it if if he's going to play seventy percent of the snaps, the Saints are going to be down most games, so he's not going to be rushing the ball. And Peyton doesn't seem to be, and Pey, Peyton's not putting him into wide receiver routes. And when they are, Winston's not throwing him the ball. Like maybe by the end of the season, we'll see Kamara at fifty eight hundred dollars, and Tyson and Jones is is taking thirty percent of the rushing work on yep. top. And then we and we look oh. The mighty have fallen. And I guarantee you that that people will listen to this. We coming into week three, thinking that I'm nuts to think that, that that's even a possibility. And I'm not saying that it'll happen. All I'm saying yep. is that that is part of the range of outcomes. Yeah. And it's I'm, really funny I'm more I'm more Kamara. willing to jump on wherever the market isn't. Mm-hmm. So if we come into a slate where Kamara is seventy six hundred after three bad weeks or something, I think this coming week he's like eighty two hundred or something. He is against the Patriots, but still right. 8,200. But you understand, like, his price is going to come down. There's going to be a week, possibly, 
If it you might have another bad one this week. I mean, this is a tough matchup. It could ha- it could be yeah, week four or whatever. Right, and then then it's uh, the next week he's seven thousand against the Cardinals, and he's like thirty eight percent right, like something something like that will happen, and I'll be on the other mm-hmm. side of it, and or it'll be. I don't think the narrative is going to be after three games. I think there's I think Kamara people are more likely to be on the prior than the current. Correct. Right. Yeah. Zeke is someone but, that you'd more be on the current than the prior. Right. Like, yeah. That yes. But come on, do, you're, I, I do just want to touch on your point about Kamara is, is so true. And I think um, he was one of the most fascinating guys from an off season perspective. He was actually a guy earlier in, you know, the off season in the draft season or whatever. I was really low on, I was pretty out on, this kind of whole Saints situation because of the things that you outlined, right? It, Drew Brees wasn't even good at the end at the end of you know his his tenure with with the Saints, but there was a a certainty to how he played, and that played into Kamara's hands, right? He he wasn't running, and he really wasn't throwing the ball down the field. So when something wasn't there right away, it was like, boop, give it to Kamara, just get it to Kamara right now. That's why also why Michael Thomas was awesome. We saw in the short stretch last year, you know, things were a little bit shaky, shaky for Kamara. And then, you know, the off season kind of plays out. Uh, Jameis does win the job, which is better than Taysom, at least for him, um, which was the issues last year. Michael Thomas goes down, which is like, okay, they don't have any receivers. They got to get the ball to Kamara. Right. Um, And then Latavius gets cut, which in theory opens up some more for Kamara. So I I did, I, I I kind of adjusted my priors during the off season. I wasn't stubborn on him coming into the year. And then week one, his role did look really, really good. And then we see yesterday, like he's been this roller coaster. And and I think some of those reasons for concern reared their head. I know it was a fluke. It's also possible, like you said, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe we just need to throw that game out from yesterday. But it's also possible that like, look, that's Jameis. And look, those receivers do suck. And Jameis doesn't check down that much. And, you know, if he's getting more carries, if Kamara's getting just getting more carries, like, who cares? You know, the reason why we don't play Derrick Henry isn't, you know, isn't because no, but, we're I mean, if the Saints carries. are bad and he gets carries, then what's the like, difference between him and, like, David Montgomery or something? Like, yeah, like you could play exactly. any Josh Jacobs, any of those types of guys. We we don't care about 20. If it, Kamara's getting 20 carries and no touch, like, for a Saints team that's going to go 6-10, and 10, like, we could play Melvin Gordon for that. I mean, like, we, we, right. we, we, we could do that. We, but week one happened and it confirmed everybody's priors, right? He got 18 carries in a game that, you know, he doesn't even ever really right, get no, 18, no, the narrative carries. last week was there was such a blowout that look at how well he did even without any fourth quarter points. Yep. Yep. And and it was, oh yeah, throw that one out, right? That, that's what it was. It was, look, he had a big workload, even only in three quarters. He is who we thought, you know, he is this, this new workhorse that we thought he was going to be. And like, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not so sold. I, I should have looked up his, you know, he, he didn't get a lot of touches. Even I know the game got out of hand fairly, fairly early. But you'd there, think but most people would say that the game being them being behind would make it be, better for Kamara. He only caught four balls. You know, these are the old, in the old days. If this would have happened, less he balls than Derrick Henry. Yes. <laughs> They were they switched roles. He got he got all these carries. He got the you know congratulations eight carries for five yards for Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry got uh, caught six balls. Uh, but this is what makes the game fun. It is. I like, love it. I love talking about all that stuff. No, but this to me this is what makes it like seeing where the market overreacts and then just doing the opposite because people will will. That's why I listen to the shows. Like I'm not yeah. li- like when I listen to the, the, the you and Gretch, or when I listen to the, 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 it could be anything, any of the shows, right? You listen to Levitan and Silva talk, 
It's just like I enter anything that I listen to or anything that I read or any, any, uh, my entire approach of DFS is we don't know shit. So my, 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 all my gauge is like, I want to listen to people that are looking at the stuff that other people will listen to. And it, it's weird to say, it's not that I don't respect people that do content is that you're, I'm not making decisions on what you think is going to happen. Right. I think that no one knows well enough to predict 100% of outcomes so it's always, there's always going to be arbitrage between what people think and what will actually happen. And as long as I'm able to gauge which side of the line I should be on, then I'm going to profit from that, that arbitrage. That's the do not, that's when people, I don't predict outcomes. So that's mm-hmm. really all we're doing here. So like my Camaro, I don't, people will say, oh, someone, someone DM me and said, uh, uh, good call on, on Derek Carr, right? Because <laughs> I played some Raiders stuff because I was talking about playing, playing that game. Like I didn't call that car was one point that Raider stack was barely owned. Mm-hmm. If the Raider stack was, if, if Derek Carr was 14% owned yesterday, you think I would have had any Derek Carr in my lineup? <laughs> no, of course right. not. He should not be 14. That car, if Waller, right. Oh, 19 targets, 32% owned at seven, 600 on DK. Like I would have, I would have none of them. So it's not about right. the why did call. I play the Broncos? Why did I play the Broncos? Not because I love the Broncos or because I was saying, oh, my God, they're going to go score 40, 40 points. It's all the factors come together. Right. No Jerry Judy. Jaguars matchup. They're cheap and no one's going to play him. Like right. what, Sutton I, was I, 2% was based- owned. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Sutton's 2% owned. Idea. Why not? Yeah. OK. Are you doing are you, are you, you're doing best ball stuff for basketball now? Oh, yeah. NBA is out. Uh, I did the first live. I've, I've started started NBA content. Uh, that, that had some had some technical difficulties with getting the rankings up this weekend, so that's part of my task this afternoon. So anybody, uh, any of the other, oh God, the sick people that are out there, there are people out there like me wanting to draft NBA best ball right now. What is today? The in mid mid September. Yeah, well, we are we are in a world. month. Yeah, but it's not a. Hey, it's not like you sick people that are. Be- I I know people that were drafting best ball teams. The day after the last Super Bowl. <laughs> I know. Right. I, I didn't get that early, but I, I was in I was in pretty early. I remember uh, I talked to somebody and that's what they, they, they were like. Yeah, I did this draft the day after the Super Bowl. And I was like, pardon? <laughs> after after the Super Bowl? They're like, yeah, I got Kyle Pitts in like the 12th round. I'm like, no shit. You drafted the day after the Super Bowl. Like nobody even knows who these players are. Right. They, they're not even on a team yet. Yeah, the, none of the rookies are on a, are on a team, and that's what he's showing. I mean, you know, not to derail, but he's showing a funny team, and it's like got all these rookies and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, it's fine." I, you know, Travis Etienne got hurt because I got so and so in the last round, and he turned out to be like a third round pick or whatever. I'm like that just sounds like total anarchy, dude. <laughs> is there any special any special strategies in, in in NBA best ball? Is there I'm, is there a zero center strategy? So I do, I do think there are, I, I'm not claiming to be, you know, if you're coming to me and you think like I have solved this NBA best ball game, you're coming to the wrong, to the wrong partner. But, um, I do think there's interesting, you know, using all, I mean, that's all I really done for best ball is using like the same things we talk about for DFS, right? Leveraging the markets overconfidence in situations, but also roster construction, correlation, right? Using all, pulling all the different levers that, that I can pull within, uh, you know, one individual team and, and like, attacking fragility right being you know uh actually like 
really, really fragile teams because I'm trying to, you know, hit this kind of crazy, you know, what you need in it for an NBA season to play out in your favor when you only get to take 16 players is like, you know, you need a, you need a lot of a lot of good luck. And so um, I do actually think there's, you know, yeah, like we don't we haven't come up with names yet. So maybe this maybe that'll be my task. You right. Know, you have to no come up with RB. cute names and robust no and zero yeah, are like it's uh, some type of, you know, whatever the structural drafting type that you're doing, yep. you know, that type of thing it has to be. Because obviously NBA best ball is like a hundred times less popular than yeah. or popular at all. I mean, I don't like, I not popular at all. It's yet. not even popular. <laughs> like, not at all. Not at all. But it is, it is, I will say, yeah, thanks for the, 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 the lead in um, NFL in season best ball contests are going to, are going to be coming. So I'll definitely be covering those um, at, at spike week, spike week.com. And then, yeah, NBA stuff is is up and running. But I am, of course, also still doing all my DFS DFS work at Roto Grinders. Yeah, I got NBA best ball rankings to do, and then Showdown Slate IQ for a Monday Night Football game to do after this. So it's a very odd collection of tasks that I got to do uh, uh, for a Monday in September. And then you're Eric Bimefor on Twitter. I'm Blender HD as usual, and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens in Week Three. Right, going through you, you'll 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 be on you'll you're gonna be on the show for the whole season. Do you think you can Every make all, all eighteen weeks? Uh, it's not if I keep playing James O'Shaughnessy and <laughs> KJ Hamler. They're not gonna have me. They're not gonna have me back when my conviction played KJ Hamler. <laughs> uh, and as always, you can pick up the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a fifteen-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.